And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Burning Barrel Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Paul, and with me is Hank. Hello. Hey, it's been two weeks since you last heard from us. <laughs> so this is going to This is going to be kind of a shit show of stuff to talk about. There's gonna be a lot of stuff to talk about. So that should be interesting. I think it looks like it's all coming from your side though. Yeah, I I did a lot. Also, I think it's been three... I think we missed two weeks, so it's been three weeks? We missed two, for sure. Yeah, what was the third week, then? No, I mean, it's been three weeks since the last... Oh, yes, yes. we missed two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Math. (laughs) Math is pretty, pretty great, I guess. It was my favorite subject in school, actually. One of them. It sure was mine. Yeah? What was your least favorite? Um, whatever bullshit class that didn't matter I had to take. Gym. Um, I liked gym in middle school, but the problem was in high school, gym was like, you wasted so much time having to change, and then we just had to run in a circle. Like, we didn't get to play stuff and have fun. We, like, had to yeah. do stretching and push-ups, and then... We had written tests in my gym class in high school. That's weird. For some reason. And the difficult part of them was that they were the questions would be so poorly worded grammatically, you couldn't tell what they were asking a lot of the time. Huh. Like, give me an they example. Written, give me a question. I, what do you what is it called when the ball comes off the rim in basketball? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and I think it wasn't rebound. I don't know what the answer... I don't remember what the answer was. It was ugh, fucking garbage-ass bullshit. I find it funny that you had to do written tests in gym. Yep, we had a gym final. Hmm, classy. <laughs> it was dumb. <laughs> I, I hated gym. We had to write papers. We had to write papers for gym, too. That's... That's five dumb. Par- five paragraph essays. But what? And then the teacher was too lazy to grade them, so they would like they would hand them to other students and to evaluate them. Are you fucking serious? They didn't matter. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I started writing some hilarious bullshit for those. <laughs> and like Just you fucking... still got good marks on it, probably. Because all that mattered, all that mattered was you had to have five paragraphs, five sentences each. Why would they make you do that? I don't get it. It was the dumbest thing because high school is dumb. High school is dumb. You don't learn anything in high school that you use in real life, except uh, no, like the well, social actually, interactions. That, that kind of class was kind of the one I learned the most because it. It was the class where it taught me to just have to put up with bullshit, which is like the sure. most important thing you have to learn in high school about real life. So It's kind of true, actually, yeah. <laughs> if you're a patient person in high school, you're probably going to be pretty good in life. Mm-hmm. Just get through it. Uh, That's not what we're regularly here to talk about, though. <laughs> I don't know no. how we started talking about that shit, but... Um, oh God, I just looked at your list again. There is so much stuff <laughs> to discuss. 
Let's start with, off with Rising Thunder because okay. I played a little bit of this with you, not with you, but like as well as you. Yeah. And I don't like it at all. It is not what I go to a fighting game for myself. Fair enough. So in theory, what I what I liked about it is, so the basic thing is instead of having moves that require special inputs, you just have three dedicated buttons that do a special move that's then on a cooldown. Right. So then you don't have to learn a move list. You just have to figure out what these three buttons do and then get to that sort of meat and potatoes stuff of fighting games of like mind games and putting them together. Well, the problem I actually have come to this as I've played it more uh, is the games when people get good, every game is the same. Like oh. there isn't enough variety. Well, the players that have gotten good at that game make it not fun at all because it they just do the same shit every time and you're like this is not interesting <laughs> and you just like can't counter it or whatever yeah hmm yeah it's weird so, because yeah the way it's set up it's kind of like if you play an MMO of some sort with a global cooldown after every ability you kind of like learn a rotation for your character rather than actual move sets yes and it's kind like it's easier so there's probably a lower bar for people to be really good at it just maybe time like they have more time than you to put into it to get better at mm -hmm. it uh what i don't like about it though is that i the thing i like about fighting games are the different types of moves and how you can combo them together and seeing people that are at a high level be able to pull off a lot of these like move sets together like as if they were on one button mm -hmm. I don't necessarily like that anybody can just like learn a rotation just because they have time and then be better than you sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I mean, I just thought this was interesting. Like, how do you stand out as a fighting game these days? There have been so many and sure they, they blend together so much. If you're not like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or like an established thing. So sure. that was interesting. The more I've played it, the less into it I've been. But it's super early access. It's super early. It's like an alpha right now, technically. I think so. They might. It might change at some point and get better. I hope so. Yep. I hope they add some stuff to it because, like, the idea isn't necessarily bad. It just felt lacking to me in a lot of ways. So, yeah. Who knows? There's le There's much less to learn than a normal fighting game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you played Dragon Age, huh? I played a lot of Dragon Age. I played like 20 hours of Dragon Age. Holy shit, I had no idea. Yeah, so I played... So, the second piece of DLC just came out, called The Descent, and right before that came out, they put the last piece of DLC, Jaws of Hakon, on sale. So I finally picked that up, because I'd been looking at it. And both of those pieces of DLC are basically they give you one new big area to go through that has its own storyline. And how was it? They were both good. Like, I okay. like both of them. Uh, Jaws of Hakon, you're in, I think it's like the southwest of Orlais. Like, it's the, forget the tribe, but it's like tribal stuff and you're in sort of a, a foresty area. Okay. And they have a uh, you eventually are, are fighting like their god of war that's been bound into a a dragon named Hakon. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's no, the god is named Hagar. Yeah. 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 And then so the 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 evil tribe is like worships Hakon, and the good tribe has this spirit bear that you eventually rescue. Okay. And there's a funny you get to judge the bear at one point at the end because the bear should have killed itself rather than being taken hostage and having its spirit put in a thing. You get to judge it. Yeah, like you get to sit on your throne and pass judgment like you can in the the main game. That's pretty good. <laughs> and I had it. I made him serve the Inquisition. Yeah, might as well. Like, why not? Yep. He's a bear. Mm-hmm. I uh, like bears. Bears are cool. So that was fun. So that was, like, a good area, and I just, like, did all the stuff in it. And then the next, the uh, the second piece of DLC, The Descent, is you, uh, there's being earth, there are these earthquakes in the deep roads, and you you go into the deep roads to figure out what the hell is causing it. I kind of hate the deep roads, though. So how how did they do it? Was it okay? It was it was a much so this was like a l- very long linear thing more, where it wasn't like a big open forest area. It was just sort of like a long. You're like progressing forward in this area. Right, sort of thing, but you you meet you get two uh, these two dwarf characters that are going along with you in it, who are kind of cool. Um, eventually, it's about finding a titan, which is like the thing that shaped the earth. It's part of the the dwarf mythology stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's that stuff was all that was good. It was fun. I just the thing I really like about Inquisition is how how much it's like we have this big setup of the inquisition so we can just put you and you go on a little adventure with your your friends and it's just cool like yeah it's kind of what like i wish they did with mass effect 2 or something after you build your party if you could just go on to like you have your party and instead of going into a suicide mission you're just kind of like space pirates now taking jobs or something yeah like the way Dragon Age Inquisition ends sets this up really well. Like it wasn't a great ending necessarily, but it just allows you to tell more stories with these characters. Like as many as you want, really. It's just yeah, going on doing more stuff. Yeah, no, that's good. I really like that game, and I've spent like ninety hours in it now. <laughs> that's a lot of time. Yep. So you recommend the DLC? Yeah, the DLC's good. If you just want to play more of that game and you were looking for a reason to, those those storylines are they got you, they got enough hooks to keep you going through the the whole thing. Okay, cool. And then it also gave me I did like a little more of other missions and stuff in the main game that I hadn't done just because I was playing it. <laughs> sure. I think like between finishing Hack On and then like the couple days before the descent came out. So that was fun. Yeah. Another fun thing that happened is we tried Skyforge together. Yes. And I talked a little bit about this on TDP. I think it's it'll be a little bit easier since you're able to like understand what I'm talking about here <laughs> with stuff and maybe yeah. explain stuff a little bit better. Uh, that game is really, really, really fun mechanically, but I don't like how their payment system is, their model, at no. all. No, 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 no. No, the 
having to grind for materials is not great because the amount you're going to be getting when you don't have premium sucks and their model for buying premium also seems to suck i can't actually even buy premium that doesn't load for me that page great and i'm great. wondering if it's because i'm canadian like in canada maybe which that is hilarious if that would true. be hilarious i should ask uh steven next time he's around if he can because he lives here too so yeah that's also that's crazy because like theoretically you're supposed to be able to buy that with like the in-game currency too yeah just a shit ton of it but uh and yeah. I, I can't buy the in-game currency with real money they're not letting me so i don't know um as i was the saying thing, mm -hmm. actually the thing i did like it was like that i really liked was that it lets you test out all the classes and those like that training module thing yeah so then i at least got to see what all the classes are <laughs> Yes. Like, like I got to see what that game has to offer, really, in a way I might not have been able to with other games. I actually so, like how they do it that way, because they introduce you to the concept slowly, only giving you three classes to choose from. And at first, it, it's almost kind of like, a, oh, this is kind of lame. There's only, like, three classes to choose from. I guess this is why it's free to play, hardy, her, her, or whatever. <laughs> and then you're just like, you get into the groove of it, and then when you really feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing, and I know how to play this because I played it for about three hours, it just expands into this huge fucking thing. With, yeah. uh, I'm trying to think here, four, four on that side, I think. Or was it five? No, I think it's four on each side, and then the two. Like, ten other classes? after that or something like that yeah something like that a lot of other classes yeah so a lot of classes unlock um your leveling up tree system thing opens mm -hmm. up completely and it's daunting as fuck and yeah. you realize how many gems or stones or whatever the hell they're yeah. called you need like they kind of have to let you try test out those classes because the amount of grinding it's gonna it takes to get to any one of them yeah is a lot <laughs> it's gonna be crazy for sure um the way they gate you off in this game too i didn't explain this before is something called was it karma or yes it, it is karma points right yeah karma points it, okay so yeah karma points basically it's almost like renown or something like it go it's an arbitrary system that goes up every time you improve your character because there's no actual leveling up in this game. There's no like level I'm level 10 to your level 15 or whatever. It's mm -hmm. all based on your um your karma points. So yes. That's so how they gate point... shit off too though. Yeah. Some missions you need a specific karma level to get into. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird system they got. Like so everything you do to improve your character gives you more karma like if you when you improve yourself on the 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 like sphere grid thing by spending coins you're getting karma points when you're equipping better items with better stats you're getting more karma points yeah like it's sort of every single sort of thing like you do that that destiny system of uh whatever it was called that was their leveling system after you hit max level where gear was like determining your your level it's kind of like that cuz gear becomes super important just to increasing your karma like inc you can you have upgrade stuff on increasing your gear like slots yeah 
and that stuff also increases your karma. It's it's a really weird system. Basically, it's kind of like the Destiny thing of the better your gear and like how well geared up your character is, is that's like their higher level. But instead of like light level 24 or something like that or whatever they call it, we're talking about like level 20,000. Like it's not like one karma p- level is like a point or whatever. We're talking like maybe one full level up might be like twelve hundred points yeah. or something. I don't know what the hell their system is for it. It's super weird and arbitrary, and it uses a lot of high numbers. Like you can't even get the end game last thing until you have like fifty thousand karma level or something mm-hmm. like that, and it's um. It's kind of daunting. Like, the game is really daunting in the way Path of Exile was as well. But Mm -hmm. I would say even more so because Path of Exile, even though that's free to play, that game is open and you can play it and, like, get more loot and gear and have a decent time with it. This you have to grind. Like, you have to do levels of just the same shit you've done maybe ten other times to get gems. And that is bad. Yeah. And the weird, like, to progress on the, like, sphere grid thing, you, you're going to need a specific kind of, like, three different gems. So if you have, like, a lot of two of them, but none of one of them, then you st- might still not be able to go where you want to go right now yeah. until you grind that one, too. Like, Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Um, I don't like how to get premium, which makes everything easier for you, you pay in increments of days instead of just like per month having it completely open per month or whatever. Cause yeah, you, you, you were to... saying that like at the highest price point you can get to buy the most amount of days, you don't even get a full year for like a hundred bucks or something. Right? No. Cause, and the other fucked up thing about it is like the increments. The only way you can get premium is by buying like gems, which is their premium currency thing. And, like, the increments for buying gems don't line up with the increments for using gems to get premium. Right, so you're either going to be a little under or always a bit over. Yeah. And the the highest amount of gems you can spend f- for premium is lower than the highest level you can buy, like, highest number of gems you can buy at one time for 100 bucks. Right. But lower than that that highest thing won't get you that same level twice so you're like you can buy 180 days of time but you can't buy a whole year for a hundred bucks yeah which is crazy it's when really you're looking stupid. at that <laughs> and the way they like this is what i kind of harped on most of top down the way they do it is that they trick you. Like you, when you download the game, they automatically give you three days of premium, and they get you hooked. Like they give you the taste, so you think, "Oh, this game is, actually feels pretty good. I'm getting levels at a decent pace and whatnot, and blah blah blah." And then you realize that that's because they were giving you the good experience. As soon as that drops, it takes me at least three times the amount of time I've already tried to get the same amount of gems. Like, it becomes an absolute fucking nightmare. Yeah, and, like, if that was the level at which you were paying, like, that that felt good if I were playing a free game. That didn't yeah. feel great if I were paying for it. That's exactly what it is, yeah. So, like, 
it felt fair for a free game at the payment level. So they just don't offer their payment methods and plans. It's terrible. It's actually disgusting. And it's really a shame because that game is super solid. Like, it is really fun. The animations are beautiful. The stuff in the worlds are interesting looking and stuff like that. Story is absolutely terrible. The fucking character classes, though, play like classes I haven't seen in these games before. Like, they play amazingly. And yeah. it's really fucking irritating that they're throwing away all this good work on their bullshit try-to-get-rich-quick money scheme or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, the yeah. part of it that I get sick of is, like, seeing the same, whatever, map tile sets over and over again because I've seen them repeat already. And if the, when it becomes a grind, that becomes a much bigger issue. Yeah, because, like, for example, one night uh, we were trying to get, I think, like, one or two more levels or whatever before we logged off. We had to do the same map three times in a row. The exact same map. That was with premium. <laughs> that was with premium. To just get, like, those few little things we needed to get before the night was over. I don't know. That... I I can't recommend it. Like, I can recommend downloading it right now, trying it out, and having some fun for a day or two, and then uninstalling it when they... Uh, pull the rug from underneath you because fuck those guys. Have fun with their free premium product for two days and then forget about it because there's other things out there you can put money towards if you want a good time or even play for free if you want a better time. There's no need to pander to this bullshit that they're doing here. Yep. It's really just too bad because I had a good time and it's yeah. dead. That time's those... gone. Those advanced classes seem cool. I'll never see them again other outside that test chamber thing. Oh, uh, remind me the name of this game so I can avoid it. It's called Skyforge. Uh, it's not on Steam or anything like that, so if you're not actively looking for it, you can avoid it probably pretty easily. Don't worry about that. Uh, moving on to Pac-Man, I guess? <laughs> Yeah. I started Pac playing this the other day, actually. It's not that good. It's not no. great. No, it's no crossy road. I'll tell you what it is good at, is that when you load it up in your plane and it has those old school bleeps and bloops sounds, Yeah, that's the best part of that game. After that, like, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, like, <laughs> it just has none of the, it doesn't have any, like, pop, like, there's not... With, like, Crossy Road, you're doing stuff more often, kind of. Whereas this is sort of, like, it's... Every time you start up with back, you're going kind of slow. Yeah. And then... I don't know. It just... It doesn't... It's not great. And then you're not... It doesn't have the... The real thing with Crossy Road was, like, every time... Like, every time you're playing that game, you're getting... Like, you're pulling that lever, or you're getting some mystery char new character thing that you're... You're popping out, and this it's like these upgrade system that's total bullshit, and I don't like at all. Yeah, these like weird power ups that aren't that useful. Like this game gives you the carrot on the end of the stick, but it doesn't give you like the ability to actually reach for that carrot after you've done your run. It's also not a very tasty carrot. It's kind of a shitty carrot. Like it's a carrot <laughs> that's been in the ground way too long and became like mushy or something. Yeah, like Crossy Road's carrot was really just charming. 
Sure. Yeah. Those, those like different character stuffs were just they were just neat and fun, and they didn't actually do anything. Whereas these are like the like theoretically are gonna make you get a better score if you're we're grinding like a lot, like doing a lot of grinding. This care the the upgrade tree seems fucking long. Also, maybe it's like, just me. So. I don't like swiping a lot as the main mechanic in these games. I like, like, with Crossy Road, to go forward, you tap once. Yeah. In this game, to do anything, you have to do a little swipe in whatever direction you want to go. I almost think I would have liked it if you tap on either the left side of the screen or the right side of the screen to turn left or right, depending on which way yeah. you're facing. Yeah. Because like, it's not yeah. precise, and a lot of times... Exactly. When you're getting to, like, a medium-length run... You need to turn fast because those ghosts are yeah. faster than you. They are faster than you, and there are some parts I feel are just bullshit, like where there's just no way. Like there'll be a long stretch in one random part, and then a ghost will come up on like either end, and then you're just like, "Well, what? What was I supposed to do?" <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like I lose because I've messed up. I feel like I lose because up oh, now I got bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's just not very good, but thankfully it's free, so yeah. there's that, I guess. Like, it's fine. It's not like, uh, yeah, it's just not very good. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh, I played this a couple times, and they're like, yeah, I don't need to play this anymore. I think it's just weird that, like, they already have a mobile game that is better, so... Just get that if you want a time waster. Like they didn't really bring anything too new or interesting, in my opinion, to the table. It sounds better in theory than it actually is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know anything about Dbirth. I didn't look this up. So what is this? So this is someone just made this for a a game jam thing. They basically remade Binding of Isaac as a Game Boy game. Okay. So it's just. Like it's a tiny screen that's all green in that way, and you can only so you can only move, and you have two buttons. One is bombs, is to place bombs, and one is to shoot. So it has a weird thing where you can only shoot where you're looking. It's just like silly. It's not very long. It's like one level, and you fight Larry Jr. at the end, and then that's it. Cause okay. Because it's just a little game jam thing. I just thought it was neat. Does it play it good? Beat it. I mean. It doesn't play as good as Isaac, mostly just because you have to shoot in the only in the direction you're looking. You don't have the the ability to shoot and move, sort of. Oh yeah. It makes it a little harder. But uh, and then there's a thing where like you could just stumble upon the boss room immediately and beat it, <laughs> like, oh. or you could have to go around through a bunch of rooms. So does it just end when you beat it, or is there like a thing that pops up that you touch to win? Uh, it opens up like a, a like the the gate like after you beat a boss in Isaac and you, okay. once you go in there then it says you win. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And the only pickups are like I think I the only pickups I I haven't found any items that were interesting. I just I know I found pills which just automatically are used on you to affect your stats like give you whatever shot up. I think was the only one I saw. Mhm. And there, there aren't that many of the enemy types, but there are some of them in there. Like, the poops are in there. Well, that's good. <laughs> Need those. Uh, yeah, very important. Any items at all? I don't even... I didn't see any of the 
the interesting because you only have two buttons like there isn't a yeah. use item button so maybe not yeah huh i kind of like the idea of a very very basic isaac clone like that yeah i yeah i gotta check that out um magic duels came out and you were like you should try this out so i yeah. did a little bit and i'm I don't know if I like magic, man. Like, every time I play it, I just think there's too many convoluted rules that they've added. Like, maybe if I had played when I was way younger and before a lot of stuff, maybe, like, I could have just grown up with it and just gotten used to it. But mm -hmm. I think Hearthstone is the way, the perfect way for those games to go. It's fast, it's easy to pick up and play, and a little more difficult to master, especially now that they're finally adding real card effects and there's not mm -hmm. just, like, two things you can do, taunt or, like, <laughs> battle cry. Like, there's uh -huh. actual things coming out as Hearthstone releases more. I feel like there's just too much in Magic and the rules are too convoluted for me. Like, the different phases of everything. I, mm. I just don't know. But either way, this is probably the best way I have found to learn it is by yeah. trying magic duels and, like, watching you and stuff, because it is basically the Hearthstone version of magic. It's very clean and easy to see what's follow what's going on, and I really like it. Mm -hmm. But uh, why don't you talk more about it since you're the actual magic guy? <laughs> yes. So they've... This game... Like, the magic in this sort of form has been around for a while, but not free-to-play, just as, like, by, like spend like 10 bucks and unlock a game but then their monetization strategy was like pay to winnie because it was like buy expansion packs for more cards and then you have better cards to play against people online and then they would come out with a new game in a year so you'd have to do it all over again like it was shitty but and by so this is good just because this is going to be the game going forward they're not gonna like remake a new magic duels in a year that's like yeah. gonna where you have to get all new cards they're just gonna add cards to this thing so it's like them sort of catching up to hearthstone in a way of with the game they already had kind of it's too bad they, they didn't release it earlier huh like it's too bad yeah. that like this wasn't a thing that was around since 2011 2012 you know this 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 game has sort of existed before Hearthstone existed. It's stupid that that it wasn't sort of set up the way it should have been originally, but it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I forget when the first Jewels of the Planeswalker game was, though. At least they're trying now. I guess there's that. Yeah. the The other problem is it's been buggy. Uh, apparently, two headed giant mode is still broken. Because me and Zuin tried to play that, and it, like, would most of the time it would wouldn't let us join together, and then when it did, it would put whoever hosted into a match with some other person and kick the other person out, which was super shitty. Like that was that's, real bad. Yeah, that's really that's, bad. It's garbage. <laughs> What's the rejoin like? If you get kicked. Well, it was so it was. But it was pairing you with some stranger on your team. It's like oh. it wasn't like a rejoin thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, hmm. yeah. So that's fucked up. But like, I guess they don't care. You can't get. That's like the. It's only 
a dumb fun mode. Like you wouldn't, you can't even get coins when you play that mode. So it's it's just weird. But it's it's like one of the draws of that fucking game has always been that they've done two at a giant mode in it. So it's weird that they didn't make it work at all. That is so <laughs> broken. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can do local with it too, though. But I don't know if that works or not. Mm. Um. Yeah. My. So, like, I can't. Like, I do think this is the best way. If you're super new to Magic, like, this is the easiest way to get in. I'm agreeing already from what I've seen, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's like, I'm so deep into understanding Magic. I want the thing that completely reproduces the card game experience, which is Magic the Gathering Online. Like, I just, I've, all the, I'm so much more used to that, and then I can... The thing, like, this whole speed of the game, when I play Magic Duels, feel it feels slow compared to when I can control things in Magic Gathering Online and do what I want to be doing. Right. Like, the, the timer system frustrates me, even though I get why they do it. But in Magic Gathering uh, Online, I can more easily set up what, what things I want to, like, the game to stop and give me control over and when I want it to just not do that and just keep going and then and then matches are just have a time limit on them for like you have to get like you can't spend more than half hour playing this game or you lose like instead of having this thing where every little step is is timed it also makes it sort of annoying when you're trying to do things that you have to do at a specific time in the game when when it's it's all like sort of rushing you just it, it gets on my nerves for doing the more interesting things in magic that are the reason I like it more than Hearthstone. Right. Also it seem it's like been pretty it's pretty grindy. Like they don't give you a great amount of gold for the amount you have to play and a lot of the quests want you to use their weird uh deck building thing where you don't get to just pick all your cards. You like have to take their suggestions in sort of like that heart that hearthstone arena kind of way um that doesn't sound fun for somebody learning really though <laughs> no yeah no, it's that's that's lame but i mean it's like the, the good thing is it gives you a bunch of cards to start out with so you do have a bunch of commons and stuff i guess so and yeah. and a bunch of uh the big thing is they give you a bunch of like the dual lands that can produce multiple colors of, of mana which are like when you're starting out, those are those cards can be expensive because everyone wants them because they're like super useful for any competitive deck. So that stuff is like I still don't have as many dual lands as I have because I don't want to spend money on them <laughs> in Magic Gathering Online. Maybe that one day. Real. Yeah, yeah. It so like this. Playing this has the same effect that playing Hearthstone has on me, which is I just want to be playing Magic, <laughs> like real Magic, like the real thing, like cards. Give me, give me the hard or ma- or Magic Gathering Online, which I f- just find better because I can pl- like I just don't have people to play with in real life, so playing Magic Gathering Online is like I can just like play random matches over and over and over and over again. Right. Whereas even if you're playing with people in real life, like they have their decks, you have yours. You're not. You're not like the you're not seeing new stuff all the time because the the real thing with like there's so many cards in magic that i'm seeing so much stuff like it's every game is different in the way that 
that I don't get in Hearthstone. And there are like so many weird things you can do with deck building stuff or whatever. And just see different stuff. Or you can just build a, a fun, fast deck and then try to that's cheap and then try that can take on decks that cost a lot of money and that feels fun <laughs> yeah which is what i've i think i did the last time i was playing as i made a, a a deck with newer cards that was just super it was as cheap as i could make it that was super competitive so yeah this this thing is it's got bugs uh, that they hopefully will iron out but mostly it's the pace like the pace is is a little slow like compared to hearthstone and compared to when you know what you're doing controlling magic and in magic gathering online i would say what makes it slow just like the timer between turns or something or yeah that like yeah the just the timer like that you can't you can't just play something like in Hearthstone when you can just start playing stuff and it it's just going to happen yeah. because every, you just do everything at the same time. So like the, the way the turn is, is stacked you and in duels, you have to let all of that play out. Where in magic gathering online, you can just like say, Oh no, I'm done. I skip all the rest for the turn or like just click. Okay. Really quickly or, or whatever. Right. Okay. Like or and it and it won't it'll only stop if the other play it will only like give priority to the other player to place an instant or respond in some way if that player has like set up that they want to be able to do that at that time because there's theoretically something they can do or at least they want you to think there's something they could do. Right. Yeah. Okay. And also the other thing I like doing is uh playing limited, like playing booster drafts where you get like you buy in for three packs and then you all start like picking it. You pick out one card from that thing and then everyone passes. Then you pick out one card from that to try and build a deck. That's like a cool way to where you're all sort of on equal footing with the decks you're building and you have like a, and then there's like a tournament. So arena, for winning basically. extra. Yeah. For winning extra packs. Yeah. Basically arena. And there isn't really a mode like that in this. Like the difference between arena is that you're, you're all like actually bringing your packs. You're all sort of drawing from the same card pool at different rates. Right. Hmm. And then there's like the way in Magic Other Online you can then just draft, you can just draft to pick the cards that are worth the most money so you can sell them later to <laughs> try and buy more packs. That seems kind of dirty. Seems a, a little weird. It's a way you can go, I guess. I also like the secondary market thing is it's so good where you can just like find a lot of cards super cheap because they're like flooded the market because they're <laughs> or whatever like just the secondary market stuff makes building the specific deck you want to build much easier if you're super deep and like spending money on the thing like, if you know what you want, basically. Yeah, if you know what you're doing, it's like, it's too it's too much better than having to deal with, it's like, you don't have to deal with any of this grindy bullshit that's like, there's no way to get around, really, except spending a lot of money. Right. All right. But it's, yeah, it's, it's if you want to learn, it's easily the best way to do that right now. Yeah. And I have a, I put up like a video of my my first time playing it where I was talking 
bunch of introductory shit trying yeah. to explain stuff. I think I was there for some of it, unless this was a different time. This was, I think, this was before the time I think you were there. Gotcha. That, I'm going to put that up later, but I haven't put that up on YouTube yet. Cool. Uh, let's talk about Spera. Spera is great. Kind of. I have a problem <laughs> with the Pentaminos. Yeah, like, you have to just say, okay, I'm just going to learn how to deal with Pentaminos, because they're weird, but that's the only way this game is getting made. Okay, so for anybody who doesn't know what Spera is, and I'm sure a lot of people don't because it's yeah. not even technically out, if you know what Tetris is, it is basically that where you fight against each other. It's almost kind of like a super puzzle fighter in a way. Um, it's more very Tetris Battle Guide N. More specifically, it is exactly Tetris Battle Guide N if you yeah. happen to know what that is. <laughs> yes. But if you don't know what that is, it is Tetris where you... It's almost like a two-player duel sort of thing, and as you get certain blocks or gems or whatever the hell they are, like energy cube things in this, yeah. you build up energy and you are able to use powers to either fuck with your opponent or like clear your side of the screen a little bit more or whatever effect you have. There's different characters mm -hmm. you can pick to do that sort of thing. The big thing is, like, you're both drawing from the same queue of Tetris pieces. Yes. So there's a lot of, like, sh chicanery you can do in trying to manipulate that to make sure you get the pieces you want and they don't get the pieces they need. Yes, exactly. The <sighs> biggest of... problem I have with this, though, is that Tetris Battle Guide N is great and games yes. like that are completely, fantastically amazing because they are Tetraminos, they are Tetris pieces. When we're talking Pentaminos, we're talking about five like what would you call it five pronged like uh things are included with some tetraminos right there are still tetris pieces in this yes but because of licensing they can't just do tetris they have to they're, make it different yeah i think they're all the regular tetris pieces except the tetris piece of the four straight blocks that's a five straight block and then they have a bunch of other five five piece blocks they're fucking Additional. garbage. I hate them. I hate <laughs> the five-piece blocks so much. Like, it's kind of one of those things that I've gotten used to because I like playing the game. Yeah. But if I had my way, there'd be that wouldn't be a thing that exists because I fucking hate them. They're the worst. They yeah. never seem to fit properly anywhere. And even when they do, it's because you set it up so that they might be able to. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, you have to sort of play differently because if you play straight tetris you're just not gonna have any place for them and you're just gonna hate you're gonna really hate them because <laughs> they fuck everything up if you're just playing like normal tetris with setups the one i i've i've found i can deal with usually is the steps yeah steps i i okay it's the one that's like got two blocks that's like the the cross the cross the cross i never have a like, when I don't have a place to put that, that one fucks me up so The bad. cross needs to get fucked. It is the worst <laughs> fucking thing. Oh, it's so bad. You never, like, have a spot for the cross because, like, if you ever played Tetris growing up, you never really set up your area, your, like, working area there, your Tetris area, for 
that type of thing ever. So when they introduce it, you are fucked because you have years of experience of not doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have, to, you have to focus much harder on just clearing like that cross line where that where the cross ended up. Yeah, just like positioning stuff just to get that specific line clear, kind of. It is actually the worst. It is the worst piece. I I don't know, man. Like, there's as I'm talking about it, I kind of hate Spera. The more I'm talking about <laughs> it, because Tetris is great. This game is actually great. Just the fact that it has these pieces makes it shitty, in a lot of ways. But mm. I understand why it, they do because they can't just completely copy Tetris and get away with it. <laughs> Yeah. Which is bullshit, by the way. <laughs> but um, whatever. Yeah. There are also some of the, like, some of the characters seem way more powerful, better than some of the other ones. Yeah. But that was true in Tetris Battle Gun N2, so. Yeah, that's one of the fun things, is that how unbalanced mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Like, there's a character that, if you get his level four spell, you literally get to place the next two pieces for your opponent. So you can just make them lose if their board is high enough, (laughs) (laughs) like right there. But, uh, yeah. Which guy is that? that gets that. That's the music player. I think he's, I forget. He's in like the bottom, right? He also has one where when I think his level three is like, they clear a line, their pieces don't fall for a while. Oh yeah. I mean, some of these, a lot of these powers are straight out of Battle Guide in, though. Yes. Like, straight out. A lot out. of them are. A lot of them are. Honestly, it's making me just want to buy that and play that, though. If that played online, then yeah. But yeah. It's like that this has, when this, when you can play this against, uh, like, friends instead of just doing random online matches, is when I feel like I'll, I'll really know if I can do, if, how much I like this thing. Yeah. I agree. For anybody yeah. who wants to try this out, by the way, it is free of it right now for download. Just go to the beta, put in your email address, and then download it. And yeah, you can try it for yourself. Uh, it's blazingorb.com is where you go for it. And you just yeah. click on join the beta. And free download, it takes like maybe a minute to download install and install it, and you're good to go. You can see what we're talking about with the crosses yep. and the fucking bullshit. It's for sure worth playing, though. Like, it is. For free, it's for free. Yeah. Worth, yeah. Worth it. I think I might, like, I might still put money towards it if they release it for, like, a decent price or something just to, you know, help them out. Because I do believe that there should be more Tetris clones. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe that five piece. Five prong pieces should ever exist. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Just get rid of the cross. Get rid yeah, of the cross. Fine. Get rid of that fucking cross. <laughs> the other, the one you would think would be the hardest, the step, like the yeah. like steps, actually isn't. That's one of the easiest ones to deal with. Yep. Because, like I said, growing up with Tetris, you always kind of inadvertently build a little like step like hill or something and that just always fits perfectly somewhere with it Mm -hmm. so yeah man i don't know that cross i'm so angry thinking about it we should move on you're right this game is no puyo puyo tetris puyo puyo tetris is way better it is yeah 
I wish I had it. <laughs> I wish so I, good. I wish I had so it so good. I could play it. So good. I can't wait to buy it again when I get a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you, so you finished I, Tembo. I finished Tembo the Badass Elephant. Okay. Do you love it? Okay. Nah. Yeah. I really wish that game had better music. Yeah. Because the uh the third world is like disco party themed. Okay. And if that had good music, it would kind of be the best thing. But it, it but it music, doesn't. The music sucks. <laughs> so it's like who cares? Oh. That's the boss bad. of that is a giant evil disco ball. Okay. That thing is great. And it, it has bad music? The the, it's, this, it's not bad. It just, it's nothing. It's like, whatever. It's just there. Like, how do you have other music? How do you have a it. game like that with, or like a stage like that and not have the best music you've ever put out in your life on there? I don't know. Hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm going to have to look up a YouTube video after and see what it sounds like. It's it should be like the best thing and it's just kind of lame. Also mm. the there's some like so a lot of the reviews for this game say it gets stupid hard. That's not really true. It just gets sort of they're just like crowding enemies together and gets kind of annoying. Oh. But okay. it's it's not like it's like you just have to do it a couple times and then you get through it. It's not super hard. <laughs> this game, like I beat it in whatever four hours. It's not. It's not that hard. The the like the most annoying thing is the final boss has an attack that's actually just bullshit, where he launches out missiles that all zoom towards you, and like the only way to avoid them entirely is to zoom out at the last second because if you go too early they will then fall not crash into the ground and follow you all the way to the edge where you can't get away from them at all also if you stay still he will shoot laser beams at you while those missiles are coming at you and sometimes he will launch two waves of missiles one right after the other so you're just double fucked that's stupid that just <laughs> sounds dumb and you can only hit him in that phase by hitting a projectile he shoots out back at him. And if he shoots missiles, those will come out while the missiles are still coming at you. Great. Like, it's just too much shit. It's just kind of, and it's not like, it's just annoying more than anything. Because also to get to that point, you have to do this long first phase that's not, that like, once you've done it more than once is just tedious and not hard like you can do it without getting hit pretty easily but it t still takes a while so it's just oh, annoying yeah. and then i beat his final form in like the, the first time i, I got to it <laughs> so it was easy then <laughs> it was, after that it was that that thing where he launches missiles also i just got lucky with rng where he you use the attack that allows you to hurt him like a couple times early on so i got through so it was there was less i had to do, deal with which is also lame that it's rng based like that yeah tumbo's it was okay like i liked it enough to finish it but eh, it's not gonna be on my top 10 or anything it's not a great platformer yeah it is an okay platformer. it is okay yeah that's the best way to put it yeah 
Okay, I'm really interested to see what you say about Tales from the Borderlands because it sounds like you are absolutely enthralled with it right now. Yeah, it is easily it is my favorite Telltale game. Yeah, I like it more than Wolf Wolf Among Us. It has like the my favorite part about it is really fucking good title card sequences with like musical where like there's music playing and it like does a a sequence like a montage or something else Uh they're just really cool and this game is just has such a good spirit to it it's just about like all the characters it's like the crazy shit is happening fucked up shit happens but they're always like you know i'm really having a great time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I'm actually having the most fun I've ever had in my life. Like just the characters are like have that attitude about it makes such a difference compared to something like The Walking Dead where everyone's fucking miserable. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And also you're you're not making just choices based on uh like having characters live or die which becomes super tedious cuz you just know they're going to die again later. Yeah. Like most of the time, a lot of the times your big decisions are like, which joke of these do you want to see? It's like they're all flate, they're all kind of flate, like they don't matter in that they're flavor based, which makes them like more important to me as a player because it's like, what of this game do I want to see? How do I want this story to play out? Which is sort of the strength of the telltale choice thing as far as telling a story is goes, is you get to flavor it, you get to like sort of choose <laughs> what. What is important about this story to me? Yeah. What matters? Huh. Like, are you gonna are you gonna side with your friends? Or are you gonna like if your friend has a plan? Are you gonna are you gonna let her play that out? Or are you gonna let Handsome Jack take over your body and like control robot army to get you out of this thing? Like, it's gonna play out kind of similar, but it's gonna be flavored differently depending on what you do. It's it sounds cool. like you really liked Episode Four, though. Like something happened in it or something. It was so episode three is where it starts to get really good. Actually, uh, the the title sequence is really good. But by episode four, like I was I was in love with the game, so it was sort of just giving me more of that. Like that's when I by that point I had decided that I fucking love this thing. Oh okay. It was huh. more than more than anything. Whereas I was like, is it gonna keep being good? And it's like, yeah. It kept being good. It's like way. It's easily the most consistent thing they've put out too, because they just sort of got the chapters just sort of got better. Mm-hmm. Good. Three might be better than four. I'm not sure. I but heard they go to the space. opposite of Game of Thrones, where it kind of got worse. Game of Thrones. It was just sort of okay, but episode four was the weakest. Oh, okay. Sure. Or episode five was the weakest. Excuse me, mm-hmm. because that one's six episodes. Like five was short. It was like not that much happened until the very end. I'm just like, yeah, you should have been building to stuff, and now it's just like, yeah. Game of Thrones is it's mediocre. This game, Tales for the Borderlands, really, really good. It's just fun. It's a fun story. I like the characters. It's funny. It's like emotionally engaging. Like I care about what's happening. How many and people have died? Um, two. Oh wow! One of them was a villain. Oh, I don't know if that counts then. <laughs> but he was, and and they still worked a way in for the the actor to be in 
the next episode because then you pretend to be him. Mm-hmm. I forget. Uh, also, it's what's his name? Uh, names. Huh? I have to look up this guy's <clears throat> name. Oh, okay. Um. Patrick Warburton's character died. But Patrick Warburton is awesome, so they still found a way to have Patrick Warburton in episode four. <laughs> <laughs> they worked that in. There is a really great sequence that's super silly in episode four. Like, really fucking stupid. But they go all the way into it, and it's great. Hmm. It's like making fun of the bullshit that action sequences while being one, but being hilarious and funny. And it's just really good. Cool. Sounds cool. It's just, it's just a, it's a good thing. It's, it's just fun. Like more than anything. It's like, Oh my, it's just a game that's just like, yeah, we're just going to have good characters and be fun and engaging instead of like trying to be depressing or dark or super serious. Like we can just have nonsense. That might be cathartic for them though. Like, in the end, it's like, let's just write a thing where everybody's not dying <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like, it feels like them putting together all their strengths of, like, their funny writing from their older stuff, the the more emotionally engaging storyline stuff of their newer stuff. Like, it's just, they, they put everything that they've sort of done as a, as a company up to this point, together in this game. It like, feels like a culmination, kind of, of, of what they've done. Mm-hmm. It's just cool. It's a cool thing, and I really like it, and I really like the music they use and the title card sequences. They're really good. Really good. It's such a good montage for episode three. The montage is so good. Of them, they're just on a road trip. They're basically traveling, so it's like road trippy. As somebody who doesn't care about Borderlands, like, story stuff, or even the world at all, like, in the other games, would you recommend this to me at all? Yeah, I don't give okay. a shit about Borderlands. Okay. I care. This made me care about the world in a way that I think everything I've seen about the Borderlands writing has been terrible before this. Like, okay. really fucking bad, but I really, the writing here is really <clears throat> good. They, they make all that stuff compelling in a way that it, never was um cool yeah what's well, oh, fuck i was just gonna say something they oh yeah also it's just sort of cool that you're like your characters are like street level characters <laughs> what do you <laughs> mean of, like you're like a middle management character and or and some con artists oh okay that's just you're like you're 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 going out to find a vault but you're you're not like super powerful the best people you're like you have to use your wits and that's why conversation matters because you can't fight you're not good freight fighters <laughs> you're sort of learning and trying to get better at that stuff yeah that makes sense actually that's pretty yep. neat i like yep. that and they just they're having fun like a character's like literally could have died and he's like you know we could have died but this is really fun. This is fun. <laughs> this is cool. Shit is crazy. Shit is crazy, but it's great. It's great. And like, like kind of all the characters are just sort of like, this is fucked up and crazy, but yeah, 
Yeah. Oh. Well, next time it goes on a sale, that's decent. I'll take a look. That was also a reason I bought it. It was on sale when I bought it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had been. I. I mean, I had been. I've been hearing good things, but I was also like, I'm. I'm waiting until this is on sale before I buy it. Because that's what I do with Telltale games, really. Yeah. Because there's no reason to get them right away. There's like no rush. They're coming out on a delayed schedule, and they go on sale before they're done for significant discounts. Yeah. Next but time. this is the, this is their best one. This is their best game. Wow. I mean, unless they really fuck it up. But four episodes out of five, really, their best game. Well, they still have time. They could do it. I have faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like if they didn't actually wrap up their story, I guess. Like if it turned out to somehow be a secret, like set up for Borderlands Three instead of being its own thing, I would be annoyed. What if it was all just like. An advertisement for Mountain Dew. I would, might, I could appreciate the, the humor in that, probably. <laughs> it would also be kind of irritating, though. <laughs> yeah. The thing that sort of surprised me is, like, how there's, like, a lot of stuff from the Borderlands. Like, they've put in a lot of characters, so I guess we're in Borderlands games, sort of. But I don't have any connection to any of them, but I still, like, understood everything that was going on and still liked it. Are there, like, a lot of cameos and shit? It's not really cameo. Like, characters are, like, part of the, like, uh, Athena, who was, I think, a playable character in... Pre-sequel. In pre-sequel, joins your party at at one point. Like, is traveling with you. Um, Scooter is in it. Does he say catch a ride? He does say catch a ride. Good. <laughs> like you get hit, you get he get him to fix your your vehicle at one point. Um, Handsome Jack is kind of in it a lot because the one of your characters puts a a thing in his brain to give him a different security clearance, and then there's like a hologram of Handsome Jack hanging around in his brain sometimes. It like goes away when he gets hit in the head and can like control shit and is sort of directing him to greater things or whatever manipulating him and whatnot and you sort of get choices based on like how much control over your your body you want to let him so the other the thing about this game is the way its story is being told is framed of like these two characters you're switching back and forth from reese and fiona reese is like works for hyperion as like middle management but gets screwed over by patrick warburton's character from like getting like taking over hyperion kind of and but to like like the position of like office sort of take being in charge and then has to and then goes on a quest sort of to screw over this deal of getting a vault key that Warburton had set up and then there's Fiona who was a con artist who was part of setting up a thing to sell this fake the the vault key which is fake Mm -hmm. to Patrick Warburton's character and you sort of they get intertwined but it the story is framed of after all this the these two characters sort of thought they weren't going to see each other anymore, but are now been taken hostage by some guy in a mask with a gun who's telling them to tell them, telling them to tell him what happened. So sometimes they embellish and lie. And it's like in silly ways where it's like, yeah, that didn't happen. No. And they go back and like, or one of them will tell it differently than the other or something. There's like cool framing devices that they mostly use for jokes, but it's also like 
what's actually going on here. There's like some intrigue there. It's just cool, man. Yeah. It's cool. Hmm. I should check it out, I think. One day. One day. One day. You didn't write it down here, but we also played Rocket League a little bit. <laughs> yep. Rocket League's fun. I want to play more of it again. I need to get back in the habit of just moving around in that game. Because that yep. game is not like a bicycle. Once you learn it, you do. You just don't always know it. You have to learn, remember how to move around and do the physics stuff in that. Yeah, when I joined in on the game, when you're in John's stream, like I didn't remember what buttons were which. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I kept starting games by pressing A. I was like, oh no, now I've jumped. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I, I I'm having to, like, controller issues. Game. Myself. Oh, okay. Ugh. What a pain in the ass. But that game is super fun, and I want to play more of it. After we do this, we should play more tonight. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 That game's fun, man. It is, especially when you're watching the high plays of it. it on a, okay, so I can't remember what it was called. I think it was like ESL Rocket League to go or to go Rocket League or something like that. Uh, yeah. Tournament just happened before we did this. In fact, that's why we're doing it a little bit later than I would have liked is because we were watching it. Um, when you see pro play of that game, that is a whole different game that's being played. It is actually the equivalent of watching pro soccer players kick the ball like to each other and like across the field and be able to catch it with their feet and stuff like in real soccer. And a yeah. bunch of kindergarten kids all clumping <laughs> up and like trying to chase a ball down. There is a huge difference, and it it's a completely different fucking game. Watching them play Rocket League is actually disheartening in the biggest way that like you will never even be close to being good enough to play with actual people that play this game regularly. <laughs> Except that like they're so good, they make other people in the tournament look like normal Rocket League players, <laughs> like. But even the people that, like, aren't the best team in the world I'm talking about, like... Yeah. It's so... There's, like, very few times they actually miss their mark when they're going for the ball. They all, mm -hmm. they actually make... This is why... Okay. I gotta get a little bit more control about my thoughts here. But right. this is exactly why this is a backseating game. Because yeah. when it's played at a good level, it looks easy. It mm -hmm. really, really does. It like when you're watching a pro play this and they like jump towards a ball, it makes sense to you because you know that it's speaking within physics or like thinking about the physics in the game. Of course, he's going to meet the ball perfectly or whatever, even though it doesn't look like he's going to. But like, yeah, yeah. It, just like executing that yourself is really uh -huh. fucking hard. Also, when you're watching, uh, it's much easier to like see like oh this team their positioning is all fucked up they yeah. should they should fix that but like when you're in a game it's like you're just trying to get it done it's like it's a whole different thing from like seeing that when you're watching it and like actually being coordinated enough as a team to do it it's like that was the big thing it's like seeing a lot of these teams like oh their positioning is all fucked up what's going on but, like, there was, like, one team that was always on point with their positioning. 
it's so crazy too though like the team that you're talking about that was always on point i remember at one point just like they got three shots off in a row all three different people like it was like yeah. they were off to the right of the net the one guy like banked it up and like shot it off the side or whatever and then another mm. like it gets bounced back by the goalie then another dude takes a shot it goes off the rim then another guy takes a shot like it's fucking insane and i was just thinking holy shit <laughs> like how do you defend <laughs> against that onslaught it's absolutely gross <laughs> the answer is usually you don't you don't and that's why the like, team we're talking about is just like undefeated in every yeah. tournament they've played in <laughs> yeah because um, like yeah. at a certain point when you're playing that aerial game like i assume you've just practiced it enough that it's like the what the other team does is like secondary concern to just doing the stuff you need to do to hit the ball or whatever yeah like like when you're doing those aerial shots and you're just sort of dunking it like the other team doesn't matter like maybe they hit it out so that shot doesn't score yeah but you're still gonna do the same thing kind of you're like your your goal is still the same it's to get up in the air and hit it in because that's fucking hard to stop and it's usually gonna go in like a goalie can't get enough if the person is stopped in the goal, they can only get so high. Like, there's only so much they can do there. Yeah. You know, like, your advantage is really fucking high. Or the double aerial hit. The dribbling in the, the air. Double, the double aerial hit is... Fuck. What the <laughs> fuck? Like, hits it, then spins, and hits it again. And then, gr like, hits it on the ground and then kind of dunks it in. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so fucking gross. Ugh. It's a completely different game, though. Like, yeah. it really is watching It's also the like watching someone dive straight at the ball and then hit it the way the ball was going. <laughs> like, the opposite way that they were going. Yeah. Like, doing a flip and, like... But, like, having the confidence to just dive at the ball, but that's, like, the worst thing, because that's going to put it in your goal. Yeah. But you know you can flip around and hit it out. Like, that stuff is nuts, too. Yeah, that, yeah, that whole thing is nuts. It's, it's like, uh, that's really literally fun. playing the game the way I, I wouldn't, because, <laughs> like, I would never, I would be too nervous to just dive at the ball like that. And that's why and we'll I never be pro. I would, I would certainly <laughs> fuck it up. I'd yeah. certainly fuck it up sometimes, because I'm not, not that good. To be fair, though, like at some points, <laughs> at some points for some of those teams, they were so far behind. It didn't matter if they scored goals against themselves because like they weren't coming back anyway. Nope. I definitely I mean, I definitely remember a player on a team scoring a goal on themselves yeah. <laughs> just because they were getting blown out so bad. It's like, fuck, just want to put it in the net <laughs> down by eight points, like a minute left, whatever. Yep. It's too bad, though, because. If um I can't remember their name now, the other team, not the good team, like in the finals, uh, -huh. I can't remember the name. Whatever. Uh, untethered. Yeah, untethered. I wish they would have won because they're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. That's the only reason. Gotcha. Also, I kind of want like the pros to get shot down at some point. Uh huh. They're too I good. Mean, you, you could tell the commentators were like hoping that some that they would win. <laughs> They're like, we're we're totally unbalanced. We just kind of want to see someone beat Cosmic Aftershock. Like, 
We just kind of want to see it. <laughs> yeah. I was with them, too, because I don't know, man. Those three are too good. <laughs> they're just... They're way too good. It's just actually, clearly better. It's they're actually not fun. Clearly better than everyone else. Yeah. Like, I wish there were there was at least one team that was as good as them. Like, on their level, even. But there isn't, apparently. Yeah. I don't know, man. They're too good, and it's not that fun to watch them just <laughs> slaughter people. It is at first, and then yeah. it isn't. Like, it becomes not fun to see the slaughter pretty quickly, because you want to see a back and forth, at least. Yeah. You want to be able to believe <clears throat> the other team has a chance, and at a certain point, you're like, no. Like, yeah, it's just not going to happen, I guess. But, I don't know. I think, I think if there was a team that could have done it, it probably would have been untethered because Lachino or whatever. Yeah. That dude's real good. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he's really good. He yep. might be, like, on par with any of the other three on the other team, except Kronovi because that guy is too good. But... Guy is, is actually the best. It's, like... <laughs> it's, at, it's scary. How the fuck does he set himself up? <laughs> Like, from the other side, he can set himself up and be there to meet the ball and score. It's really weird. I don't know. He's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His teammates are really good. They're, oh, they're just... And they play off each other really well. Like, they know what the other ones are doing. Yeah. That's what makes them scary, is that it doesn't seem like they're even talking to each other, because they're already set up all the time. Yep. Yopal train with TDP to take them down. <laughs> oh, man. We would actually all have to quit all, like, our jobs, what we do, live in a house together, and play for 20 hours a day to even get close. Like, we're talking about a level so fucking far beyond us. Holy shit. <laughs> like, you know what? Anybody listening to this who thinks I'm exaggerating... Go to YouTube and look up, like, Kronovi or whatever. Just, like, a compilation video of what he does. And he does it every fucking game. It's... Yeah. I don't know. I'm not exaggerating. He's too good. No, he's fucking amazing. Yeah. Either... Uh, well, I mean, that's it. We, that's all we did for video games, so... That was the yep. last thing. That was the last thing. Except I played World of Warcraft yesterday. <gasps> How was that? Uh, I was just doing instances to see uh, what I could get from them, like transmog mm -hmm. runs. So boring. Oh. It was basically what I did while listening to a podcast. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's why I didn't bring it up. I've been going on walks while listening to podcasts. Yeah, that sounds way healthier than sitting in a chair for seven hours. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I watched Whiplash. How is that? It's okay. Okay. I figured it was okay. Yeah. But I've heard people is. talk about that like it's fucking great, and I just have a hard time believing it would really matter to me that much it's, other than being an okay movie. It's, like, strangely thrilling in a way I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. there There's a good payoff, I think. I think that's why people say mm. it's great, because it doesn't... 
it's not very cynical. Like, it kind of is cynical about how it approaches a subject matter. But mm-hmm. more importantly, there's a payoff. So, if you like, you can go away from it feeling good about yourself. And that's what people look for in movies nowadays is something where they can relate to a character, go through hardships with them, and then triumph with them in the end. And this totally gives you that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why people say that. But either way, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. It's like the I just had a, a hard time feeling like I can care about most movies based on a true story recently. Sure. Like there are there are I know there are exceptions of movies that I like a lot that are based on true stories. I just feel like standard stuff is not it just doesn't even when I think it's a well made movie, it just doesn't connect with me in a way. Again, there are exceptions, so. Well, one day when you're bored and you try this out, you can let me know, I guess. Yep, I guess. But I mostly just watch movies in the theaters all the time for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, because you don't have <laughs> Netflix, right? I do not. I don't have Netflix, but I have like on-demand cable stuff from my parents that's that I can access that's basically Netflix anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay. is why I don't have Netflix. Yeah, like Comcast, whatever on de- on demand, uh, internet stuff. I have I have access to. Is that any good? What the, there? It's their thing. It, it's fine. Like it it has all the, it has everything that you have on demand with their cable service, so it's pretty good. Like a lot, there are a bunch of TV shows where it'll only have like recent episodes or whatever instead of full seasons, but some stuff it has full seasons. Okay, it's sort of a crapshoot. They have movies and stuff. Like, I mean, I don't, I just don't, I just haven't been using that stuff very often anyway. So, I haven't been watching too much TV. There's TV I want to watch, so at some point I'm going to, like, hunker down and watch stuff, but uh, I haven't come to that point yet. Like, I really want to watch Mr. Robot. I really want to watch Humans. Uh, I think I want to watch The Brink. Of, like, recent TV shows. I don't know what these are. These are recent TV shows. Humans mm. is about robots, and Mr. Okay. Robot is about humans. Okay. <laughs> it's just a, a funny thing. See, I've been watching some Boy Meets World and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and recently mm. Roseanne. Mm. <laughs> I've been catching I up have, on Roseanne. I have watched all those shows when I was a child. Yep. <laughs> I come back to them every now and then. I guess this is the year mm-hmm. for Boy Meets World, though I've been doing that mostly. But uh, I never really got into Roseanne until this year, and now I'm really liking it, and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> so Roseanne felt like always felt it felt like a show I should like more than I ever did. It's actually sillier than I remember it. For some reason, I had it in my head as that like it's super serious and kind of like a dysfunctional like domestic abuse family or something but like no uh-huh. it's totally not <laughs> at all like they're all very silly with each other and mm-hmm. there's like kind of a reality there of like how family interaction actually is where it's not all just like the after school special there is yelling at each other and stuff but like at the end of the day there is like people caring about each other mm-hmm. so I kind of like that about it Every like yeah. the other things I'm um, naming off here like Boy Meets World and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and stuff 
are very after schooly. Yes. And like I don't know about you, maybe it's just me, but like I never really just went like I love you to my parents regularly at all. Like I like to yeah. show you care with them or whatever. I would like joke around with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it, I wouldn't just straight up be like there wasn't like the music would swell up and it's like thank you <laughs> for everything sort of thing. Like yeah, no, that's not a thing. That's why I kind of like Roseanne in that mm-hmm. regard because it it is just very toned down in that regard. I like it. Cool. And I I hate going back to these shows though that I watched when I was a kid and realizing that I can relate to like the parent side now because they're around my age when uh-huh. like or they're supposed to be like for example friends you remember the show friends i do i am older than they were when they started like they were supposed to be i think around 25 or 6 years old in their uh-huh. first season i'm older than that <laughs> and that bothers me so much but yeah, and, like, I think Roseanne, like, she, her and Dan are, like, in their early 30s or mid-30s, which I'm mm. close to. Yeah. So, it's weird, man. When, like, these used to be the parents, and now <laughs> you're around that age, and you're just like, oh, man, I understand now why, like, they're freaking out in this episode about giving their kids money or whatever when they're working a dead-end job. <laughs> like, I get it. I'm there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can't imagine having three kids having to support them with the job I have. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a whole different way to look at those shows. I think that's kind of why I like to revisit them, though. Mm-hmm. You get a different perspective than what you remembered. Yeah, I could see that. But enough about TV shows. You saw a shitload of movies. I saw ten movies. Ten in theaters. Yeah. I think one day I went to like see three movies in a day. That that's too much. <laughs> it's too much. And there's like a yeah. review for almost all of these. Uh, or a good portion of them. A good portion of them. Yeah. Some of them I just didn't really feel like I had too much to say about them. You just least, kind of ignored. Or I wasn't sure what to say. Whatever, I'll start off with uh, The End of the Tour, which I did write a review of. So this is about... Um, oh, fuck. The, it's basically a movie that's like just a conversation between two writers. It's about... Uh, so the reporter who worked for Rolling Stone, David Lipsky, goes to interview the, the novelist David Foster Wallace. Mm-hmm. In 1996 is when this happened. And this was an interview that never ended up getting published for Rolling Stone. Like, David Lipsky later wrote about it in, I think, a book. And it's like, the movie is framed because David Foster Wallace eventually commits committed suicide. I forget what year. But, like, years years after this. Mm-hmm. And they're, so that, the, that he eventually did that is sort of hanging over this movie. But uh, the movie, because the thing is, for like what the kind of interview piece to get it run, he would have had, there were like rumors that David Foster Wallace had used heroin at some point. So he would have, David Lipsky would have had to like really get 
been an asshole and like done investigative reporting stuff that he just and like found out about and gotten answers but that doesn't really happen like their conversation is much more like just them talking about their lives and stuff it's like they it's like they're way more open with each other kind of because they don't really know each other because they're both writers like there's a thing where like david lipsky at this point in his career he's just started working for Rolling Stone. He like wishes he was David Foster. He had David Foster Wallace's career as like being an acclaimed successful novelist. Whereas David Foster Wallace is like, you don't want my life. My life. It's not that great. Obviously since he kills himself. Uh, yeah. But he's like, he's, he's, he's teaching at a college, but he's like lives alone with two dogs. And it's like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird thing. So David, um, what I I haven't read David Foster Wallace's work, but what I've heard is that it's like it's so it's like a lot about a, a lot of like drug use stuff and it's super depressing. Like I've kind of heard that it's kind of too bleak from from people like I that I trust to have some similar taste to me. Huh. But uh, this is a so this is a good move but i like movies that are just like a conversation between two characters like i really like the uh for that the the before sunrise before sunset trilogy of movies before sunrise before sunset and like before i forget the last one before midnight or something i don't think i know these so they're they're directed by the guy who directed uh, boyhood and they are also starring Ethan Hawke. Ah, like I and I like. So this come from from there, but I those movies I really like, and I never I never saw Boyhood because what I liked about those movies is like those are like there's a conversation that these two characters have when they're like teenagers, and then of like where they fall in love, but then they never actually like meet up again, even though they were. Like, had all these plans so then they meet up again like when they're older and more jaded and like he's had a divorce and stuff but he like writes a book about what they have so then they have another conversation that eventually that ends up getting together and then the third movie is like they've been together for a while they have two kids and then and the conversation is like where they are at this point in their life where they're sick of each other in certain ways and stuff like there's just good character growth stuff and it's just interesting seeing two characters talk to each other. I like conversation hmm. stuff. Go so figure. This movie, yeah, this movie isn't as good as those movies, but it's an okay, it's a pretty good conversation movie. If you want to watch a movie that's a conversation, this is a movie. That's okay. Cool. Like I'm not crazy about it, but it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next movie I saw is uh, a documentary, The Best of Enemies, which is about um, like these. So I, th- I forget what year it was, like the 1960s. Uh, the televised so debates. Yeah, televised debates in 1968. Mm-hmm. And so the thing was, ABC at the time. Of of the three major networks could get like no ratings, like their their news wasn't well respected compared to CBS or NBC, who had respected news anchors 
and those two were doing a lot of political coverage of this thing. So ABC's plan to not spend a lot of money was to have televised, just sort of have an hour of programming where they would just have two people talk about it. And the first people they got, they got William F. Buckley and Gore Vidal to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And the thing was, those two friggin hated each other. Like when they got William F. Buckley, they asked him who he didn't want to have on with him. And he said he didn't want to talk to a communist and he didn't want to talk to Gore Vidal. So they got Gore Vidal. Like, so it, what should have been like political debate was more like these two people trying to destroy each other through words <laughs> on television. Right. So it was, it's like kind of the moment that public discourse in America was like seated. It was always going to be terrible because like this became super popular because it was like yeah. great theater. It was like when debate died. <laughs> yeah, it, were, it was like redefined to being just fucking destroy this person's life and make them miserable. <laughs> like really cut to the core of who they are as a person and like ruin their life. Like just make them hate everything. It's so gross. So yeah, that was a thing. And it's like a lot of it's driven by Gore Vidal, who theoretically is closer to where I am politically because, and William F. Buckley was like super right wing, super yeah. conservative he wrote this the national review which is super influential like he was actually like a part of the the right-wing political machine at the time Gorvidal was sort of an outcast at this point he'd like tried to have a political career but he fucking like had a really bad feud with robert kennedy and like so sort of he was like cousins with uh jack uh with the like he was related to the Kennedys so cousinship stuff, but he had a really strong breaking off with Robert Kennedy. He fucking hated him. And they sort of killed his political career. So and he was sort of like so he wasn't represented of the other side in that same way. So he wasn't interested in like furthering agenda. He was just sort of he came to this thing just wanting to destroy William F. Buckley. Right. Like he's super prepared just to like make William F. Buckley look like an idiot and ruin him. And then William F. Buckley like had to respond in kind, basically. Did so is is this just like a retelling of that or like Yeah, it's basically just it's a documentary. It shows a lot of that footage. It has like interview stuff with them and people talking about it. Like it's a strict documentary, but the documentary realize is like framed as like this is the moment that like set off what like cable news TV stuff has become, what public discourse is now. Like, yeah, this is a thing that happened. It's pretty fucked up, kind of, actually. Is it unbiased then? Or is it pretty biased against like the media for what they did? Mm, it's like, no, like they use that clip of when Jon Stewart was on Crossfire and said, this isn't debate. This is theater. Like, that's the movie's take. Like, as much as it has a bias, that's what it is. Like, it agrees with sort of that sentiment that... Right, yeah. That 
this isn't actually debate. This is this is something else. But it's like sort of what has replaced debate for us. So it was interesting. Like it was a it was a fine documentary of this kind of horrible thing that ruined everything. <laughs> That's always fun. Yeah. So I really don't really I don't really know what I think about it as a movie. It like depicted this thing well and it was interesting to watch, but yeah, yeah I kinda wanna check that out. Yep. So it was it was this is a good documentary. Uh, the next thing I, I have to talk about is Fantastic Four, which is yeah. really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. So what makes this so bad? Because I kind of read um, your write-up on it, and I got a basic idea of what you don't like about it. It's It sounds like it's just boring. So, yeah, ultimately it's just boring. It doesn't really feel like a movie. Like, it it really feels like they like some machines were shot and then re this movie was rewritten and then they shot more stuff which i think is actually what happened and they just tried to tie it together like it's it has no cohesion it really feels like the director tried, wanted to make this movie and the the studio and producers said no we're not going to let you make that movie we're going to do all this other stuff like it wants to be darker and more horror sort of stuff. Like there are parts of like Doctor Doom exploding people's heads, but then it ends with like the exact thematically same ending as Fantastic Four Two. It's like, well, let's come together and spontaneously have a plan that's not a plan because you know teamwork. Huh? Even though the whole movie they like fucking hate each other. It's just Who, it the has... Fantastic Four? Yeah. I like that premise, though, where they actually don't like each other and then have to come together. It just sounds like it was maybe done horribly. It was, yeah. Like, there are ideas here that could have been made for a good movie. It's execution all around. Terrible. Like, the movie looks ugly. Most of it is spent in underground bunkers of people talking to each other expositionally. Like, the majority of the movie is people talking at each other expositionally in bunkers. They don't become the Fantastic Four until, like, 80 minutes in. How do they become the Fantastic Four? Radiation from the ground or something? They interdimensional travel that then they come back and it's, like, the fly where they teleport and then like rocks are getting into Ben Grimm's thing and fire is getting into Johnny's thing. Huh. And All Reed right. stretches for some reason. And Sue doesn't actually go on the mission. Cause you know, this movie is also kind of misogynistic. So whatever. And Dr. Is it really? goes on it instead. So he just stays behind. That's kind of funny. Wow. Like it just has no, like the movie just has no respect for Sue, like just as a female character like just none <sighs> how do you There's know like that weird... though like why do you say that um so she has a she has no character she has no character arc just like there are like sort of plot points about people uh, uh, 
it's probably too strong. I'm probably coming on too strong about it. It's just, it doesn't ever give her anything to do. Like it really doesn't. Well, she's like Black Widow then. Shit about her, kind of. But it gives even less of a shit. Like she's just barely in the movie. But there's, huh. but there's like an, there's like, yeah, I don't. Ah, <laughs> uh, this movie. Um, so the other problem is characters don't have consistent characterization from one scene to another. Like everything they do is like because the plot sort of wants it to happen, but there's like no motivation, and as soon as that happens, it has no impact. Like they. Im- there's a scene where Dr. Doom is like telling Reed is like telling Reed to stay away from Sue. Cause he has a crush on her that is not reciprocated. I guess it's like they have a history, but there's no, it never gets explained what that is. And Reed is like, what? I don't, I like, I'm oblivious to this. And that's the, it that doesn't come back in any way. There's no, there's no like next, there's no like build up of one thing upon another. There's just thing and then thing and then thing happens. So all the problems really are with the writing room or whatever. Like maybe too many writers, like they put a whole no, bunch of different like lines into a bag or something or like like pages or something and then kind of put them all together from different people. Yeah. It feels like five half movies. Cause there are like setups for uh, what this plot could be, but no payoff or anything. Right. And from what I've heard, it actually was this, like the studio got afraid of what the director, like how the director was running things and like sort of took the movie away from like the ending of this movie. Isn't what he, how he wanted to end it. It's what the studio decided. Which sort of makes sense because it's thematically the same as Fantastic Four 2, which doesn't fit for the tone of this movie at all. (laughs) There's also a part in this movie where Reed literally just disappears for a year and then they start working as like military for the government and like the thing is fighting insurgents. And then they bring him back and it's like, yeah. So there's a thing in this movie where for the plot to make sense, the government has to be evil, like for the way they're acting, like working for the government clearly has to be a bad thing. The government never does anything evil. Like there's no even there's not even a character that's like associated with the government in the movie to hate. There's like like no evil character. Like, the closest thing is the CEO of the Baxter Company who's like, we should work with the government. Like, there's actually no government character. The evil in the movie is Doctor Doom. So they also totally scrub out any personality of the actual Doctor Doom character. Doctor Doom in this gets transformed by this weird other dimensional planet. Then they bring him back to, like, to rescue him. And then he goes crazy and says... The world sucks. Humans suck. I want to kill everyone. Okay. Sure. Why not? (laughs) And then he opens a giant vortex to suck in everything in. Because every comic book movie has to have a thing with the vortex that wants to suck everything in. Like Avengers and the last Fantastic Four movie. Guardians of the Galaxy kind of had something like that, too. Yep. Like that. It's like robots and big portals that want to suck everything in. It's like very common in comic book movies. 
for whatever reason. Because the movies suck. Yeah. So like this movie has this movie has less personality than those older those Tim Story Fantastic Four movies. No one is having any fun in this movie. There's like no sounds bad. There's no room for any actor to actually give a good performance, even if they're a good actor. The script is so are bad. there good actors? Uh, Michael B. Jordan is a good actor. Is he, he in, this. in this? He plays the Human Torch. Ah, okay. He's, I mean, like he's the best actor in this movie, I would say. But, you know, he's given nothing to do. And really, the best part of those Tim Story movies was also Chris Evans playing the Human Torch. So, like when you're weighing these mm-hmm. movies against each other, that also doesn't give you a win, really. <laughs> Because he at least had room to have fun. Who the he hell is things. Miles Teller? Uh, oh, this fucker. The Whiplash guy. Oh, he was in Whiplash? Yeah, he's the main guy in it. Huh. Apparently, he's like a piece of shit in real life. Cause it comes across the... in everything I've seen him in. So. Yeah, like that. Like when I was look, looking for reviews of this movie, like all any all people wanted to talk about was like this interview with Miles Teller. Like they really had no interest in actually talking about this movie. They're just like, yeah, that movie was a piece of shit. Let's talk about this Miles Teller interview. Hmm. Just I'm just bad. seeing who else. Who's Jamie Bell? I don't know who this is at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? He's playing, like, the face for Fantastic Four. He's playing the, like, recognizable dude. Because everyone else is just a human with a power. He's playing the face. The thing. Whatever. Like, you know what I mean. Yeah. But, I mean, when he's a thing, he's just CG. And who's that, like... Toby Kebbell. What I'm saying is... The actors are given no room to act, so it doesn't actually matter who the who human they are. beings who were attached were in this thing. Yeah. Because whatever they could have done, they were not allowed to do because of how bad the script was and how much it was, like, cut <clears throat> and torn apart. Oh, wow. Homer Simpson's in this movie. Yes, he plays their, like, Mr. Fantastic's high school teacher and then judge of the science fair years later saying the same shit like teleportation is you're crazy you're wasting your time think caring about science who cares about science and tim from tim and eric is in this what are they doing with this casting this is weird all right anyways um movie sucks cool movie sucks there's no reason to see it it may still get a sequel why? Because <laughs> Fox has to keep making Fantastic Four movies. They're 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 committed to this death pact. I, I mean, the biggest shame Fantastic is that movies. I wanted there to be a I wanted them to have a redo to do like a good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, just. But now I have the, no faith. They had their chance. If the settle for the Incredibles is a good Fantastic Four movie. We should just move on. <laughs> I'm getting depressed. Incredibles was fine. That's not why I'm depressed. I'm just depressed because they've had so many opportunities to make Fantastic Four decent. Yeah. 
And there's nothing about like the theoretically the choices that could have that would have made of making this a darker like focusing on the monstrous part of getting powers like that they could have made a good movie with that but this movie has so many fucking problems beyond tackling how they were gonna bring about the fantastic four that's like not worth talking about (laughs) yeah so i saw dragon ball z resurrection f is it great it's fun this is a dumb fun movie. What is it? Like what is what takes place in it? Um so the character Frieza, who's sort of the most recognizable villain from Dragon Ball Z, he so big part of Dragon Ball Z is people getting wished back from the dead. Like that happens all the fucking time. Yeah. Called Dragon Balls. That's for wishing people back. So he gets wished back from the dead, basically. And then he's like, I am going to train for the first time in my life. Like, he's super strong, but it was all innate talent. You never tried to be good at fighting ever. So then he trains, and he gets super strong, super quickly, and comes Go figure. to kill Goku and everyone on Earth. But um, he loses. Like, it turns out Goku and Vegeta are actually stronger than him. So eventually huh. they show up and beat him. It's just a fun action thing. Like he has like an army of people. All like a bunch of the Z fighter characters get to fight. Big dumb action. Is it's there a filler? Like... No. Okay. Oh. Like there's not. There's there's the fun kind of filler of those like. Okay. Parts. Yeah, and that's not the type of filler there's I was talking like, about. It's not like it's, it's not. They don't spend thirty minutes powering up. Like the movie yeah, okay. is pretty short. The movie is like eighty minutes or something. <laughs> Fun time though. Yep, it you, was. It you was actually a fun got time. to go see it. Got was to it see packed? it with like a full, yeah, full cr- packed house. Fun times seeing having people react to stuff. It was all good. It was all cool. good. The new, uh, so the thing there was one movie before this that was also like where they brought in, like the first time they brought back the original manga creator who was like a. Dragon Ball started as like a gag manga, like it was comedy and then turned into what it turned into. So yeah. bringing him back made it more fun again, whereas it had gotten really terrible when they did GT. And this sort of erases that season he had nothing to do with. And so then they started selling this new story. And the new series, Dragon Ball Super, that is now airing in Japan, is going to start by retelling these two movies and then move on to new stuff, I guess. So okay. This, this story is going to be like retold in however many episodes they they spend to retell it. I forgot but to I bring like... up. I've been watching Food Wars, by the way. Like a lot it's... of it. It's really good. <laughs> it's so good. It's really good. Uh, uh, like it is orgasmically good. <laughs> like I, after the first episode, we just like watched seven in a row that <laughs> night, and then I was like, I work in the morning, so we went to bed after that. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, you just want to keep watching that when you watch it. It's really, really good. Like, yeah, I their haven't felt that way about an anime for a while. Their visual metaphors are the fucking best. They're, They're really good. So good. Like, I can't remember which what was going on, but like the like taste of spring or whatever, or the honey in the thing, mm-hmm. and it's just like in the meat. And like yeah. the bees, there's just like bees <laughs> of his they face. All of his face. They're pouring it's, honey on people. It's really good. Yeah. I love how it's like, we're going to sexually exploit everyone. Like, it's just, yeah. Yeah. It's really oh, good. 
it's really it's really funny. I just had to bring that up that there actually is an anime I'm watching regularly <laughs> now. <laughs> so yeah, it's a pretty big step. Yeah, I I finally fully caught up with it this past week. Although I think there's like now there's like an episode I haven't seen. But what are they up to? Nineteen or twenty now? Like I'm not even sure, but yeah, something like that. Because they were at seventeen when I started watching it, and I'm just a little bit behind that now. So okay. one more session, I should be able to catch up. Nice. So they they sort of finished the first big arc from what I've seen. All right, cool. And like the first thing I did after I was done for the night, just like watching a bunch of them, I went on to Tumblr to see like any cool fan art I could find, and then found a bunch of like gross stuff, and then logged off. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, that that show walks a line really well. It does. Like, confidence. It's, it's like fan servicey, but like it fits and it's classy in a way. Like it's a dumb, yeah. silly fan servicey it thing. Is as classy as implied tentacle rape can be, I guess. Even though it's not actual, it's just eating bad food. But yeah, I mean, he has to stop. <laughs> fucking around with squid so this tentacle <laughs> rape analogy stop because that's the most uncomfortable part stop yeah. putting peanut butter <laughs> on the fucking squid asshole he stops with that for the most part yeah well I mean he, there's always a new thing he puts on that fucking squid basically <laughs> I do like that like I think it's the second episode, or maybe when he goes to the school for the first time, he's just, like, has the piece in his mouth, like a toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> like, the tentacle. It's pretty great. <laughs> so when I first watched it, I was like, man, this show is great. I just hope they can get a bunch of awesome other, char like, secondary characters that are super entertaining, too. They totally and do. They totally did. Yeah. Yeah, great. they do. Like, that was, like... When I first saw it, I was like, this show's going to be great. It just has to do this one thing. And they did the one thing. Yes. Visual metaphors continue to be amazing. I want to talk to you off air about a theory I have with that show. All right. I just don't, like, want to air it or whatever. Like, yeah, you know what? Let's just move on. Let's talk about Sean the Sheep, the movie. <laughs> Sean the Sheep, the movie. So this is from the guy who does the Wallace and Gromit stuff. Yep. So it has that that same spirit. The I guess it's based on a TV show that I've never really watched. It's a spinoff of Wallace and Gromit based on a sheep character. There's no dialogue in it. It's all like slapstick humor and buying and stuff. Like the humans talk, but it's all garbage because the sheep can't understand them. So why should you? Yeah. So it's just cool. It's just like a fun, charming kids movie is interesting because it doesn't have any dialogue and all has to rely on its visual stuff, which is great handcrafted stop motion stuff. Like it just looks cool. It's just fun and charming and not very long. How long? Again, it's like 80 minutes or something. So like not even an hour and a half. Yeah. It's like something like that around there. It's like 10 minutes longer. I think than Dragon Ball Z retroaction F I think. This seems like something I would watch on Netflix when it comes out on it, or like a home pro. Like, I, this is not something I care to see in a theater and shell yeah. out a like $16 ticket for myself. Yeah, fair enough. It's just a charming little thing. Okay. Just like the gift. No. 
You really hate the gift. I really fucking hate this movie. Or fucking hate this. So this is a movie that's fucking terrible. It's all expositional dialogue that doesn't have the excuse of being torn apart by a studio because it's like clearly this writer director's vision. Like, it just makes me hate it that much more. Like, it's very highly rated, though. It's super highly rated. I don't fucking get, but... Like, it's a thriller that's not scary. I don't care about anything. So this is a this is a movie that's mostly conversational-based, of, like, people having... Of, like, being sort of tense, like, frustrated. And then it's full of jump scares. Okay. I got really fucking sick of this movie's jump scares because they're like super obvious that they're coming because everything in this fucking movie is super obvious. I had this movie figured out when I watched the trailer. Like I knew everything that was going to happen in this movie in the trailer. And because people said it was really good, I assumed there was more to it that like I wasn't I didn't see the full picture. Nope. I saw the full picture. People are apparently idiots. I don't know. Well, I mean, I could have told you that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, like, not tense. People are douchebags, and I don't like any of them. It's this annoying, movie... though. The dude who does it has done good shit. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of weird that... I'm... This movie is super misogynistic. Really? Yeah. Mm. Like, it's all about making the wife character suffer and it's sort of you're seeing things from her perspective until the last third when it switches to uh what's his face from rest of development from rest of development his character and then it's actually about him and what all this does to affect him i see like there's a so I mean, I could say it, but it'd be a spoiler of the thing that's super misogynistic, like super misogynistic. Should we just say slight spoiler, like skip ahead a minute or two? Yeah. Okay. Slight spoiler, so, mute or whatever, if you don't want to hear it live or skip ahead yeah. a minute. So it's in, so it's set up where the villain of this movie makes it so the the wife character, he may or may not have raped her. So that their son is may or may not be hit the main dude's son, okay, and that's only to make him suffer. Like she, she never finds out about it. He doesn't tell her. It doesn't. The movie doesn't care about her. It cares about him that she was raped. Like how it affects him. That's kind of weird. <laughs> that's misogynist. That's misogyny. That that's actually a weird way to do that. <laughs> like I don't think I've ever heard of a film do it that way. It's fucked up. And like most of the movie, it's like the movie like theoretically, thematically, it wants to be about how like how your past can come back to bite you because this he was a bully in the past to this guy, which is why the guy's coming after him. But the movie isn't like confident enough in that. So it has to still make him a jerk in the present. It's like, really, the stuff that happens to him is like, like, the past doesn't matter. It's the stuff that ruins his life is stuff he does in the present being a jerk. Huh. Okay. <laughs> like, it's stupid. It, and it's annoying. Like, the movie is really annoying with its jump scare bullshit. 
It's not scary. It's not tense. It does this weird thing where it expositionally tells you that main character is scared of monkeys. But there's nothing in the performance where he feels scared of monkeys. He just sees the villain starts putting monkey stuff around. And he's like, like, oh, he's like slightly uncomfortable around it. But it's like a thing. Like at the end of the movie, the he's wearing a monkey mask. Like it's a thing, but it's not a thing because who fucking cares? Like there's no emotional investment. We're just sort of told that this matters early in the movie. Okay, so let's play devil's advocate here for a second. Okay. Why do people like it? What is good about it that people latched on maybe a little bit too much on? Other people found it tense, from what I from what I understand. Okay. Other people didn't see the twist coming, which I, again, I saw it coming from the trailer. Okay. I haven't actually seen the trailer, so. Yeah. But I had, like, the whole plot, I had it figured out beforehand, but, and apparently other people didn't. And they found it uh, tense. They found like the the way it built tension engaging. From what I have tried to glean from people who liked it, there are like a couple reviews that like totally shit on it, and I totally agree with. But like this movie got super good reviews. Yeah, like really, like yeah. I I think Rotten Tomatoes has it at like eighty seven or something. Mm -hmm. That's insane. It's Metacritic is lower than that, but I don't remember what it is. All right. Well, either way, this yeah, this was never anything that caught my eye anyway, so I don't really so, care. Yeah, it's at like a sixty-two on Metacritic. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it the thing was the trailer. It didn't catch my eye. It was the positive reviews this was getting that made me catch my eye and take notice. Like, oh, maybe there's something to this thing. Oh, so you feel like you were bamboozled by people that are wrong? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But also, it, I really fucking hate it. Like, it's really bad. Like, it, it, oh. Uh... Did you at least go into it with an open mind? Yeah, totally. I thought it was going to be good. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's too bad then. That sucks. Yeah. What about Cop Car? What about Kevin Bacon? <laughs> I like Cop Car. So Cop Car is like, so we could have this, like, kids' adventure movie of these two kids. They run away from home, and they steal a cop car and have wacky adventures. But let's make it R-rated, so they're cursing all the time, and there's a dead body in the back. And Kevin Bacon is in it, and it's fucking bloody, and there's murder. Yeah. Let's make that movie. That sounds fine, I guess. Yeah, it's fun. Like, is it like a coming open... of age sort of story or like what? Not really. Okay. So it's just a thriller. Like the okay. it, the movie opens with two kids walking through like a barren wasteland practicing cursing because they've run away from home. So one of them will say a curse word and the other one then repeats it. It's just funny. And then hmm. so it's sort of like it's minimalistic in ways like it's not. It's not a great movie, but it's just funny that it's like has all this like th these like nine year olds going on adventure and like they find this cop car and they're like scared of it. And then they like run up to it and touch it and then run away and they like get more and more emboldened and like dealing with it. And then they eventually drive away with it. And then Kevin Bacon comes 
And then you get a scene of like earlier when Kevin Bacon drove it up, dragged a dick body out of the back, and then went to go bury it. <laughs> it's like so, and then there's like another body in the back that they eventually let out, and that dude is like all fucked up, bloody, because Kevin Bacon beat him, and he's mad. <laughs> is this like a training day? Like, is Kevin Bacon just like a dirty cop? So, like, the movie doesn't feel like it needs to explain anything. Like, he's clearly a bad cop, but okay, I have no fucking clue what he did. Like, there's this. This is a movie that feels like it doesn't need to tell you shit because it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter what Kevin Bacon did, other than that, you know, he put these two dudes in his truck and he was gonna bury them. And he's a cop, right. so he probably should be doing that. These guys seem like bad dudes too, but who knows? They certainly want to kill Kevin Bacon. Or the one dude that's still alive. Yeah. Makes sense. But then there's also a scene of like a woman, this old older woman sees these kids driving this car so she goes to the police but then they all make fun of her so she gets all mad and she finds them and just starts yelling at them what because <laughs> it's a kid like that part of the movie that's sort of like a kid's movie even though it's an r-rated movie so is it like a comedy then like it doesn't take itself seriously I mean, you know, it's like a comedy the way i l- like thrillers that i like are a comedy it's like it's ridiculous <laughs> oh okay it's not like in they're not telling jokes then it's just a silly situation no. Yeah. They're shenanigans, but it's also, like, super grim, and people get shot and murdered. It's very bloody and when it hmm. wants to be. Okay. This is a weird thing. Like, I, it, it's similar to White God in that way, in that, like, it feels like they took two movies. They were like, we want to make this kid's movie, but eh, let's make an R-rated thing that's super bloody and gory, too. That sounds fine, I guess. Yeah, it's just like, this is weird. I like it. It's like an entertaining kind of weird being movie. I, I see, I get frustrated with a movie like Fantastic Four that's like five movies, because there's a part of me that likes a movie that's like multiple movies, like genre blending. I really like that stuff. And when you fuck it up entirely, I get kind of annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cop car was okay. What Kevin about Bacon's good? What about dope? I want to know about dope. The so dope is okay. It looks my, like it could be fun. It it's fun. My like my my biggest complaint with it is like the main character is kind of just too perfect. Like he doesn't really have character flaws except he's horny. Isn't that kind of supposed to be part of like the fun though? Yeah. Because he's supposed just, to be like, uh, I don't know what the word for it is. Like, um, I don't know, like not part of this world he's in or like going he's a, into. He's a geek. Like the movie frames it a as geek. Okay. These characters are geeks. Okay. They're, they're 90s hip hop nerds. They're super into 90s hip hop culture. Who isn't? That shit's dressing, great. Dressing like people from the 90s and hip-hop. Okay, that's too far. <laughs> <laughs> like, they go that far with it. They, they're they in a punk band. They're they're also weird because they live in the ghetto, but they're super good students. They're going to go to college. And then they get involved in... They end up at a drug dealer's birthday party and end up with a shit ton of Molly and a gun in his backpack. So shenanigans. Yeah. You know, regular things. 
Yeah. So then he has to, like, then that starts a wild adventure where things happen. That's fun. Is that adventure worth following? Like, is a movie just watch- at least watchable or something? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Um, like, I'm. There are people who really like this movie. I just thought it was pretty good. Like, it was entertaining. I liked it. It has good music attached to it. It's a little on the nose in parts, and he's a little too perfect to be for it to be like a great movie, which I this is a movie I'd kind of heard was a great movie. I think it's just a pretty good movie. What type of nineties? Not very hip hop. Do they it's like? Kind of all over the place. Do they like N.W.A.? There's no N.W.A. in this movie, I don't think. Okay, so it's not like is... rap. It is, in fact, like hip-hop from the 90s. Like the... Uh, not the, like, ghetto gangster rap stuff. Okay, what are... I'm trying to remember what some of the actual songs were, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> there is Public Enemy is in it. Okay. Uh, Tribe Called Quest. Digital Under... Like, uh, Humpty Dance is in it. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's kind of all over the place. Like, there's a scene where he's talking about what music he liked, and he, like, he literally lists a song from the late 80s and a song from the early 2000s just because he, he's like a kid, so maybe he just sort of thinks of it as emblematic of that kind of music. We've got like, some naughty by gets, nature by gets, the looks of it in here. He gets called out on that, but yeah. You got some Nas in here. Nice. Yes. There's got there's Freak on a Leash by Corn. apparently. <laughs> That's odd. It's, yeah, like, they're, they're not coming at it from the angle of, like, growing up there. They're coming at it from, like, being nerds about past music. So it's a weird mismatch. Okay. So this yeah. isn't actually set in the 90s, then? No, it is set in present day. Okay. That's kind of what I was a little confused about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Uh, yep. Speaking of 90s, you you saw Straight Out of Compton, and I do want to see it. Should I go I, see it? Um. So, if you really like NWA... Uh, what do you mean by really like? I think their story is interesting. Mm. So, my problem with this movie is it's very much like an easily consumable kind of riddled with the cliches of biopics version of the NWA story. How do you mean? So like it has a scene where Dr. Dre's mom is yelling at him because this DJ thing clearly isn't going to get him anywhere and he should get a real job, but he knows that he's going to make it big. So he moves out. Like, like just cliche setup stuff that doesn't doesn't really build anywhere, and you just you know they're gonna be successful, so it's like the movie doesn't care. It's also very much just moment by moment stuff of their lives. Like the movie doesn't really have anything to say about NWA. It's not really building to anything. It's just like this is a thing that happened to them, and then this thing happened to them, and then this thing happened to them, and then Easy E died of AIDS. The end. That is kind of the end, though, for their story. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Does it talk about 
Ice Cube becoming the Are We There Yet guy. So, because that's like, the weird, funniest part of NWA. The weird part for about me. that is like, so there's a scene where he goes into his and he's set up his own thing and broken away, but he's still getting screwed on the money end. He goes into like the record guy's office and starts smashing shit with a baseball bat and it's like I want a contract and I want my money and then like two scenes later he's writing Friday <laughs> with like his family and wait he's, what he's all chill. <laughs> like the movie is like boop 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 through lives like there's so much material to cover it has to move pretty quickly so okay <laughs> this is kind of not what I was expecting so it sounds like it almost takes bullet points of like their whole career and fits it all together. I thought it was just like it would cut to where like the time when they release basically like fuck the police and all that stuff and actually become just, like the controversy around it and then being like, well, this is like our life and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. just focus more on the like actual rise of the group and not so much just like going through bullet points of shit they did. It's more bullet points shit they did. That's like not what I want. <laughs> yeah, no, like so like my the movie so like NWA's story is I think super interesting and there's like two the thing is you get that story entirely by just listening to the songs Fuck the Police and No Vaseline. Like, yeah, everything that's interesting about that movie is in those two songs and just knowing about those two songs. That's like the most interesting thing. But the movie doesn't. It just presents those two songs and then like moves on because it and like weighs all this other stuff in their lives equally. Which is not that great. (laughs) Like there's a lot of scenes of people sitting around like. The, all they do with no Vaseline is Ice Cube writes it, and then you see them sitting, NWA sitting around listening to it. Although knocked out her day for some reason, getting sort of mad. Although, or some of them think it's funny. Like, <sighs> it was a frustrating movie because it it's not. It's just bullet points. Like it's the Cliff Notes version of their lives, really. And like, huh. fuck the police is like fucking a super relevant song today. Like. That's what makes that's like a super th- that's still going on. It's super fucked up. It could have been relevant. You can make a whole movie around that. That's like they spend like 20 minutes of the movie on that. And like the big part of that scene is like the police telling them you can't play this song in, in the t- Detroit, which leads to the, the, the Detroit riot thing. But that scene of like the police telling an artist they can't play a song is in the Madonna documentary, like telling her she can't touch herself. Like, I've seen that scene in a movie before. Weird. That wasn't racially motivated. Of Like, just the police being weirdly moral authorities. Although, that performance, she was totally, like, fucking the audience in her mind. She's, like, on a bed riding herself. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fucked up thing. of The police trying to be moral authorities over music. It's a thing that happened, apparently. But the like, there's no expl. There's like nothing. Like, yeah, that's a thing that happened. Okay, there's like, it doesn't put that together with anything. It doesn't. It has nothing to say about that. It's also, and then because it's just a series of bullet points, you're like looking at this, and you're like, well, why are you then skipping over Dr. Dre kind of being abusive to women? 
Like there's literally a scene where it's like veering close to that, where that could have happened. And then you feel like another writer come in and grab it and like turn this tone of the scene 180 degrees where he's just sort of, instead of being aggressive about sex, he's just wants to, he's pursuing her to move in with him. Cause he's, you know, going to be a great family man. <laughs> like that's right. weird. Do they focus at all on MC Ren? Because like nothing does everything no. when it comes to NWA, it always focuses on easy E ice cube and sometimes if they can fit it in dr dre they never focus on dj yella or mc ren ever so does this nope this yeah we could give a shit about this too. okay yeah because like even in real life they are kind of the people you never gave a shit about honestly yeah they're like easy sidekicks well, that, that's kind of the thing, because, like, even in real life, NWA was always Dre doing the beats, Eazy-E being, like, basically the front man, and Ice Cube being the enforcer. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way they're always painted. The other two are just kind of living in the shadows, so it's kind of sad to hear that they still are. I mean, the weird part of it is, like, Eazy-E was, like, the most real. He was the one who was actually, like, a drug dealer and dealt with shit. Yeah, whereas, that dude's fucked, was, man. He was fucked up. Ice Cube just saw shit and mostly was just a kid who wrote stuff. Yeah. His, his talent, the reason he's kind of the most interesting to me because he's a sees that they're getting screwed immediately and is like the writer and the writer of this music is always the most interesting to me because they're the one fucking writing it. Like, yeah, that's came from them. And also no Vaseline is hilarious. Sure. Yeah. Also ice cubes. Kid plays him. Like kind of scarily well, but like of course, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it's in the blood. <laughs> yeah, but like, like he's a better actor than Ice Cube, honestly. But that's not that's not a hard range. thing. No, <laughs> Ice Cube has no emotional range as an actor. But yeah, it's just sort of weird seeing like, wow, your son is playing you better than you could play yourself, and he really looks like you. He does. It's. Like, I remember like, seeing the casting picture or whatever somebody yeah. did on the internet where it's, like, the actual dude from that time period and who they have mm-hmm. acting him now. Yeah. And you can't tell which one. The only way you can tell which one was the old picture and who's the new one is mm-hmm. because of the quality of the actual picture. Yeah. It's the other, scary. Like, the other thing is, like, over the course of the movie, many years, like, he physically looks different. In, yeah. like, the way that his dad would have looked different. like That's like, really, really weird. Yeah. Hmm. But, so his performance is good, but, like, that doesn't save the movie. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess what I want is basically what you were describing with, um, Best of Enemies, kind of. Yeah, like, it really for this. want... Uh, like a ser- like to watch like a serious documentary about NWA instead of this movie with like the, clips like, like from them being arrested or stuff back in the day like old police yeah. clips or like clips of them talking or like concert footage like that's I what it, I actually want and I like want it to be about their work and like the impact of it I don't like just bullet points of stuff that happened through their lives is less interesting yeah, because it's stuff that like happens through everybody's life. Yeah, so yeah, that's not uh, well, interesting. They, oh, they became super rich 
slightly slower than they should have because they got dicked around on business stuff. Like they got screwed over, but they still became super rich anyway. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! And then ECE died of AIDS. And wasn't that sad? He did die of AIDS. He did die of AIDS. To be fair, he kind of was bringing that upon himself. He fucked a lot of women. He was self-destructive in a crazy way. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's almost hard to feel bad, right? Like, of course, every, like they all feel bad because they knew him and they were his friend and stuff. Yeah. But from the outside, it's just like, well, he was a whore and a drug dealer. <laughs> like, of course he died of AIDS. Yeah, it it's like tragic because like there wasn't good public understanding of AIDS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, he was leading a super self-destructive lifestyle. <laughs> Is this worth seeing? Would you say? Like, I don't mean ever. I mean in theaters. I would say no, personally. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I would say listen to some NWA instead. Like, the whole strength of that kind of, of it's reality rap. Like, they were rapping their reality. It's in the music, this story. Like, it's there. Yeah. The reason Ice Cube, like, could transition so well to being to family comedy is because that's how his life changed. He became real and famous and didn't live in the ghetto anymore and, like, had a family. So, of course, he made comedies family-based. That's what his life was. He did that song Fuck Dying, though, with Corn. Sure. That song's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. That album is actually kind of great. His, um, what the fuck is it? I think it was just called War and Peace. It was like a two-sider. Mm. Anyways, it, it's like regardless of that. Yeah. Um, everybody should pick up straight out of, Com out of Compton. And yeah. like the actual CD and listen to it because it's actually really good. And it's like you were saying, the worst part about it is that it holds up today lyrically. Yes. So like that's really bad. <laughs> but whatever. Fuck the police is incredibly relevant right now. Like they have the authority to kill what? a minority. What the fuck? It was also like it's incredible. Like they were ahead of the curve of public consciousness about that stuff. As far as like white America was concerned, like the general public, like was super dumb and ignorant about how fucked up black communities were and how fucked up the police were. Like it's really only even like Rodney King kind of shit didn't really make people aware the way like it's happening now that people are still kind of ignoring what it's happening right now. Super relevant. Yeah. Fuck. It shouldn't <laughs> like, be. That's my the thing that you know it shouldn't be at all. But my thing <laughs> it about shouldn't have been movie, back then either, though. Nope, <laughs> never should be like that. The thing is, I think that work deserved a much better movie than this movie. Okay, like it's my biggest thing is I think NWA is great enough. They deserved a fucking great movie, and they got a, like an average biopic kind of thing. That's that's really too bad. You know who deserves an average biopic sort of thing is 50 Cent, and that's exactly what he got? <laughs> NWA deserves more than 50 Cent. That's all I'm saying. I agree. 
Like, 50 Cent is the dude who, when you think, who who in rap deserves a kind of mediocre, lame biopic of themselves? He is the dude. <laughs> like, he is that dude that deserves He's that. A, he is a lame, mediocre dude. He deserves a lame, mediocre movie. Well, it's just that, like, <laughs> he was a flash-in-the-pan success, kind yeah. of. So, mm-hmm. like, if, yeah, sure, if you want to show, like, a mediocre version of a rapper's life. There you go. Because he had an interesting story, but not really. Yeah. He had an interesting thing happen to him, not story, I should say. Yeah. And he's like a super bland person. He's a very bland really. person. <laughs> and he declared bankruptcy. That makes sense. Does it? Does it make sense of when you sell out your shares of a company to Coke? That you declare bankruptcy? Yeah, it would make sense that he would be a big enough idiot to squander all <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually, you're right. <laughs> like, based on his background. Yeah, I totally buy that. You know what the worst part about hearing that he declared bankruptcy, like, a couple weeks ago was? Was yeah. I was just tallying in my head how many people are going to make the obvious joke of 50 Cent no longer has it, has, like, 50 cents 50 to his cents. name or whatever. Uh-huh. And then I go on the internet, sure enough, every fucking, every fucking outlet that reported on it uh-huh. set made that pun uh, somehow. Everyone, they're, they're, nobody's big enough to go past it. Anyways. It's, it's the real tragedy is that he can't get that skull. <laughs> It's a real tragedy. That game's so good. <laughs> the 50 Cent games are actually fantastic in a weird way. And by actually fantastic, I think I mean Blood on the Sand was the one I'm talking about, not the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Gears of War clone. Yeah. It's ridiculous. With, like, you getting more point multipliers by taunting the person you are shanking. <laughs> I'm going to kill you yeah. and your whole motherfucking generation. That's a line from that game. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, American Ultra. I don't think I even know what this is. So, this is from the writer of Chronicle, whereas Fantastic Four was from the director of Chronicle. Okay. And I kind of want to give more credit to Chronicle to the writer now, because this is a better movie. <laughs> Okay. This is like this is this is a so it's like a it's like if Jason Bourne were a complete stoner who had forgotten everything, and oh, starring okay. Jesse Jesse Eisenberg and um, uh, what's her name? Christian Stewart. Christian Stewart. The Twilight movies, and also from uh more more importantly to me uh Adventureland. Which she was also in with Jesse Eisenberg. Yep. Which I think is a good movie. It actually is. Uh, more importantly, though, John Leguizamo apparently is in this movie, so I'm in. Yes, he plays the drug dealer for God Jesse Eisenberg. Of course, of course, <laughs> he does. He also is only in really like the first half. Oh, gross! Character. Topher Grace is in it though. Never mind. Topher Grace is the villain. I'm so out. You're you're at least supposed to hate him. Well, I do. So he's a terrible, like he's just playing a monster. He's bad at his job. <laughs> yeah, I like he's running that. a super secret, uh, like Jason Bourne weapons program, 
but he's using mentally he's all the people they've used in it are from an insane asylum so like he sends in these two guys on this covert mission and they fucking blow up a police station trying to get just you know work like they go they're like super over the top and cartoonish and crazy and the movie is just it's kind of charming like i think christian stewart it, She's a good actress when she's not working with the literally the worst material in the world. Uh, which is Breaking Dawn Part One. That is one of the worst movies ever. I watched that movie and I started looking at the wall and the paint on the wall because the that was more interesting than the, that movie. I didn't bother seeing any of those. I'm the, just not interested. Breaking Dawn Part Two was actually a funny bad movie though. Oddly enough. I heard they're all kind of funny bad. Breaking Down Part 1 is just fucking boring as fuck. There oh. are like three scenes in that movie that just go on forever. Like there's a wedding, they fuck, and then they sit in a house. <laughs> that's that that's kind of like real life. <laughs> I mean, there are also hilarious CG wolves talking to each other without their mouth, like telepathically. But whatever. Also like real life. Exactly. Uh, but American Ultra, it's worth watching, or if you want to watch a stoner action comedy thing, I guess that like, doesn't exactly your... sound great. Honestly, <laughs> it depends on your patience for that that kind of stuff. I just, it's good. I liked it. It had a charm to it that made it work. It's not like I think everyone should see it or you should rush. Like, I kind of don't have anything to say about it. Why well, I didn't write a review of this one. Like I, I really have little to say. It just enjoyed it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was a good time at the movie. It's pretty forgettable. Okay. So it's going to be one of those movies that when you think, what are the best things I saw this year? You're going to have to like actually make a list because you won't remember this at all. You know, yeah, I mean, it's already not in the top ten movies I've seen this year. Right, I would say. But... It's straight out of Compton. No, is any movie on this list here from what you watched, like that we talked about? <clears throat> um, end of the tour is probably on my top really? ten right now. Yeah, I like and that. Fantastic Four, obviously. Fantastic Four is second bottom. The Gift is the absolute bottom. So, like, we have a top ten list worth of movies here, just in the opposite direction. Top ten worst. Um, most of these movies I just thought, like, they're, like, middle of my list kind of stuff. They're, like, they were entertaining, but they're not, like, these aren't movies that are going to stick with me. And I feel like there are a bunch of movies coming out at the end of the year that are going to make my list, so. How excited are you for the conclusion of Hunger Games? So, I had actually forgotten that the third movie had come out and that I had seen it until I was watching the trailer for the new... Like, I thought the third one was the one coming out. I was like, oh, right, the third one happened and I watched it. I haven't seen it yet because I'm going to watch it before going to see the last part. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I figure it'll be more cohesive in my mind that way. Yeah, fair enough. I like those movies, okay? They're good. I'm kind of excited to see the end of it. 
I'm ready for it to end. <laughs> yeah. So the movies I'm super stoked for. I'm I'm stoked for Spectre. Spectre looks really good from the trailers. New James Bond. Um, I want to see the movie, the Jennifer Lawrence movie. I actually want to see. It. I have no fucking clue what it's about or anything, but it's like from the uh, like the team of American Hustle. Like th- that director made a new movie starring her. So I want to see that. What is it called? Joy, which is her character's name. Okay. Uh, there's a new movie from the director of The Prisoners, starring Emily Blunt. Okay. Like a about cops going in Mexican drug cartel shit. It doesn't it matter what it's about. Dark. I'm in. Yeah. You, you said the magic word. Like, Emily Blunt gets to star in a movie where she's a cop. She'll have a shotgun. Gonna be good. Go into Mexican cartel drug cut tunnels there needs to be more movies about cartels cartels are like the actual scary like (laughs) enemy in real life i think there is too much focus on like afghans or muslims or whatever you want to call them like for the cliche terrorism we got like Mm -hmm. war against terror thing when everybody forgot that like if you just go south of texas a little bit you will probably be decapitated (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. it's there's way scarier people than extremists from one religion mm-hmm. in this world i think there yep. needs to be more cartel shit because they're fucking gross and terrifying people yep yep uh that movie's called sicario um what else i am excited for star wars because of course, like whether yeah. or not I care about Star Wars <laughs> as much as like a lot of people do or at all, yeah. it's a it's like a milestone, like a landmark in uh-huh. the medium. It and like the part that gets me, where it's like and like makes me ignore what the fuck happened with those prequel movies, is that they're using like practical effects stuff, like just the look of it, like hits hits all my buttons. In terms of using that stuff, so right that happens. Um, the new Quentin Tarantino movie, Hateful Eight. I'm also excited for. Yeah, could be okay. I like Tarantino movies, and there's probably other stuff will happen, but like those are movies I know that I'm excited for. Yeah. So. The last thing you have written down here is something I was looking at today. Yeah. Bart Kira. Bart Kira. Fan project to redraw the entirety of the manga Akira. Replacing the characters with Simpsons characters. Yeah. And it's like just a collaborative kind of project of just getting a bunch of different artists to draw parts of it. So like the styles will change radically from when you're you're reading through it. I was I I've read the first two volumes fully, but I was reading them pretty briskly because I've I've read Akira before. I own sure. all of Akira, and you is know, it well. is exactly that. It is exactly that, just with character names and stuff replaced for Simpsons stuff, and then Simpsons iconography stuff put in in the drawings. And is stuff. it pretty good? It's it gets me. Like I, re- I really like it. It's really funny. It, I just like how straight it plays the joke. Are you saying you're really... a fan of Simpsons? Yes, I'm a fan of the Simpsons, and I'm a real, I'm a fan of Akira. I really like that comic. So, 
I like it on both ends. And I, I also just appreciate that they're like playing the joke completely straight because it's really just Akira. <laughs> like they're not winking or anything. Yeah. No, no satire or comedy in the Simpsons world that this is happening. It is just Akira with that, those characters. Yeah. With those characters' looks. That trailer is great. On yeah. that site too. Yeah, they also made they also redid the trailer for this movie. At first when I saw it, I was just like, did they just find like clips and fit it somehow for mm-hmm. like the first little bit? And then there's like a part where Bart is just like skateboarding in the tunnel or whatever. It's just like, no, this is drawn <laughs> like just straight up. This is like, a new thing. Like some of it's drawn, some of it's like pulled and composited from yeah. Simpsons, I think. Yeah. It's like so. The, there's a scene of like Flanders just getting shot a bunch. <laughs> yeah, that scene also was just like, yeah, this is totally not from the Simpsons. <laughs> I don't remember a time where Flanders was on his knees, basically begging for his life while being filled with holes. Uh, I really like that movie too. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's still one of my favorites. Yeah, it's so really seen, fucked up though. Seeing. I've seen that in the theater and like the big thing with that is like getting the sound in a good theater sound system. Fucking that would be nice. Good. It's really good. <laughs> like it's like seeing it on a big screen, whatever. Seeing it with like a theater sound system is like the thing to me. I'd love to see that in the theater one day maybe. Yeah. Uh I think that's it though. Yeah. We did it. We caught up. Yay! We did it. Yes. <laughs> I understand now why you were just like we should do something about <laughs> this because like the list just kept growing by like two or three movies every week. Yeah. Yep. I mean the like the first week we missed, I think I saw like five movies that week. <laughs> like Cause up to Sean like, the Sheep. Yeah. Okay. Cuz I cuz I saw End of the Tour and Best of Enemies on my own during the week and then on like the weekend my friend was in town and we hadn't gone to see movies in a while so we saw three movies because also we were right. gonna see fantastic four we're like we have to see some other things to palate cleanse after we see that yeah <laughs> cool um i guess we'll just call it there and thank you for listening we'll be back next time yep we'll try not to make it so long i think hopefully Bye. Yeah.